Friday. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> right, we already got people in there going, where the fuck are they? Boys and girls, welcome back to the seemingly only Sharks podcast that doesn't inundate you with any advertisements. We just jump right in, unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and unsponsored because we can't find a sponsor. So if you would like to support the content we deliver, you can donate using the Super Chat option during the live shows. But remember, our preferred donation method is Venmo. You can find us at Teal Town USA, and any and all donations are, of course, appreciated. Follow us on our social media accounts, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all of them, always at Teal Town USA. So, what's up? <laughs> I'm I, in this new season. I'm doing. I'm doing my. Uh, nobody can see because I don't have a camera. But a cat just walked across your desk. There's a cat walking across my desk. There we go. We got the kitties all up in here. Yeah, man. So catnologist uh, <laughs> back at it again. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, what's up? Happy Friday, everybody! Right now, for those of you uh, enjoying. Uh, the jersey in the background here, uh, you'll be happy to know that at the end of the sixth, the Giants are up 3-2. Uh, okay, let's catch you up from when we last spoke, July 5th. Welcome to fall, everybody. Hope you had a pleasant summer. There might be some things to talk about. Go grab a beverage, strap in. We could be here for a while. I'm saying it. So, uh, Sharks had a good draft, right? <laughs> yeah i would say so yeah have a good summer there jerk yeah it was nice um uh all right then. kept the uh <laughs> kept kept the good times rolling um with ian and kevin um shooting the breeze with them talking uh talking more um i guess non-sharks uh storylines um and teaser uh if all things go according to plan, the three of us will be getting back together again uh, six days from now, next Thursday. Hey now. Dig so it. There you go. Love it. All right. So, oh, let's just get into the moves. All right. Who's in? Who's out? At least on the forward side, uh, Bergman, gone. Chekovic, bye-bye. Although, Chekovic, that is a conscious uncoupling. From what I understand, the door is open for his return. I wouldn't bet money on him coming back, but sure. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Donato, gone, signing the one-year 70 or 750K deal with the Kraken. Just how – just it's exactly what we all uh, – how we all thought he'd get to Seattle, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Curtis Gabriel now with uh, the Rangers, I want to say? Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs, excuse me. Uh, who? Oh, I'm thinking Goodrow. <laughs> uh, Hannah Mark's gone. Latunov's gone. McHugh. Nate. Why is Nason on here? Uh, Sorensen went to Sweden because he wanted hockey to be fun again. Uh, Suomela's gone, but uh, Suomela's essentially out because hello Barabanov. And Alexander True gone, taken by the Kraken in the draft. And of course, uh, Patrick Marlowe still here for you. Just letting you know. 
See, I thought I thought Jerk was going to be like, shut your whore mouth, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, coming in, look, the notable ones, it's Cogliano, Bonino, Hill, and Optimus Prime. Are you, are you good with those trades so far? <laughs> or the, those moves, I should say? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I actually, um, I actually am for, I mean, all three of those players are good players, uh, in their own right. So, um, as they say, if you want to be good, you need good players, um, and, that's a good start, but also I, I like it for, you know, uh, from the perspective of Doug Wilson, because, you know, at the end of the, um, at the end of the season and <laughs> a couple weeks after the season and before the draft and you know, as many times as he had the opportunity to, he said, you know, we need a third line center. We need to fix the goaltending situation. We need better depth in the bottom six. And, got a third line center, addressed the goaltending and got some bottom six depth. I mean, as far as, you know, making a plan and sticking to it, I feel like Doug Wilson, you know, I don't really feel like there's anything he wish he would have done. I mean, everything on that front is pretty dialed. If you ask me. All right. Well, shall we just dive in player by player for what we know right now? Sure. All right. It's, it's also worth saying this is, not officially the season premiere, so it's going to be a little more loosey-goosey. I think that's fair to say. Uh, welcome to Friday night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be a, bit, a little more tight when we're in our normal Sunday night slot. Uh, let's start with the forwards alphabetically. Uh, Balsers. Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> uh, 17 points in 41 games. So, you know, Chief signed a two-year, $3.1 million contract in the offseason. Only had four points, two goals and two assists in his last 17. But, you know, I, what? Tell me, tell me your thoughts. Well, I mean, so much is said about how the Sharks have a lot of high-priced players. And so for them to get— <laughs> They're not uh, wrong. <laughs> right. But for them to get a good player that doesn't cost a lot, I mean, I, I feel like that's the best case scenario for everybody, you know. Um, and I'm expecting, you know, especially think about Balsers, you know, he came to the Sharks through waivers, you know, he didn't get a training camp, had to do the quarantine for crossing the border, you know, had to join the team late and really didn't get the same opportunity as everybody else did in terms of developing that con- cohesiveness with the group and, and getting involved in training camp. So I think actually being on the team when training camp opens, I think is going to help a lot, but also too, like, you know, another year goes by, it's a, um, another year that you've been playing another year of growth, another year of, um, stability changes, all that kind of stuff. So I, I see, um, you know, I see no reason uh, that Balsers can't, you know, maybe pick up some of that slack that's lost by Evander Kane should he not return to the organization. And I think, you know, between him and obviously we'll get into Barabanov and we'll get into Dolan and all these guys, but I think Balsers is at the top of my list in terms of the, you know, quote-unquote not big guns who, you know, have the chance to really step up in the top of the lineup and make a difference. Yeah, I, I mean, middle six guy, I think he can be effective. Well, that's the thing. Like, and, and we always talk about this, but it's like the consensus around Balsers is like worst case scenario. Like at the absolute worst case scenario, he's still an NHL player. Yep. 
And it's like, you know, people say, well, he, you know, if, if, if nothing goes right, you know, he's only a fourth line player. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> you, every you team's those? got a fourth line. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, we move on to Barabanov. Uh, another guy that, you know, well, basically Sharks got him for free in that Suomela deal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know what the Leafs were thinking, but, dude, Barabanov, uh, seven points in nine games. Hi-yo, and getting a one-year, $1 million extension. Uh, instant, yeah. Instant chemistry with Tomash Hurdle, which is huge. I mean – there's a lot of doom and gloom around Hurdle, but if you take the contract out of it, I mean, Hurdle's the the number one center on the team. He's the best player. He's going to get the most minutes. So it's good. It's good for your game if the player you have the most chemistry with is the player that's on the ice the most. Um, <laughs> but also too, and I think, you know, I didn't really tune into this fact until right now. But you know, uh, Barabanov represented. Uh, you know, the, the artist formerly known as Russia at the world championship and, uh, had eight points in eight games. So, you know, people can say whatever they want about the world championship, but if you're point per game, it doesn't matter what league you're in. Like that's impressive. Oh dude, keep it rolling, baby. That's my whole thing. Can he be consistent? You know that, I mean, nine games, hello, small sample size. Let's definition like dictionary definition. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yoakum Blickfeld. Make or break, I think. Yep, I would um, agree. He, you know, he's... I mean, a, a player that I like, don't get me wrong, I, I quite like this player, but this is now, you know, this is going to be his third season um, as a professional, you know, whether that's with the Barracuda or the Sharks. And outside of the... I mean, he's been very impressive at the AHL level. I don't think that's really a matter of debate. But as skilled as he was, you know... Um, with the Winter Hawks, with the Barracuda, even, um, you know, playing elsewhere uh, in the world, you know, when the NHL was on shutdown, like he's played very well everywhere he's been, except for with the Sharks. That's not to say he's not played well. He's just not put up the points. And I just think, you know, I don't think if he, like if he doesn't make the team this year, I don't think he's going to get traded or anything, but you know, he is on a one year deal. So it, it could easily be a situation where it's like, yeah, it's not working out. We're just going to drop you somewhere else. Yeah, I think this is a shit or get off the pot season. You know, 23 years old, only got five games last season. And, you know, his claim to fame was getting tagged with a two-game suspension for hitting McKinnon. <laughs> so, I mean, there are worse ways to make your mark in the league. True, true. <laughs> Hello, Goldobin. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on. Nick Bonino. Uh, hello, former Sharks draft pick. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, <laughs> he was drafted the same year uh, as Logan Couture. Uh, if you want, if you want to think about that for a second, I'm I'm really down with this. You know, uh, like we talked about, the Sharks needed a legit third line center. They now have one. Um, mm-hmm. But Benino's also a third line center who can put up points. And I think the most important thing is Benino is like you know. We the Sharks lost Tierney, they lost Melka Carlson, they lost Goodrow. They didn't really have that designated penalty kill guy. And so now with Benino coming in, you now have that once again. Benino is like if the Sharks take a penalty, Benino's going and he's taking that first face off. And it's good for two reasons. Number one, because Benino is a good penalty killer on his own, but also it takes you know, it, it spreads out the ice time a little bit more and it allows players like Couture and Hurdle 
and Meyer, LeBanc, Balsers, Barabanov, these guys to focus on power play and five versus five. Yeah, you know, they don't have don't, to play those hard defensive faceoff minutes. Exactly. You don't because and that's the, like they already play really well at those two positions, but then it's like you take a penalty, it's like, okay, well, we gotta put Couture and Meyer out there for the penalty kill, and it's like good teams have designated penalty killers. And the Sharks now have that in Benino. Well, uh, I'm and that's a two year deal, right? For Benino. Correct. Two yeah. two two years at a hair over two million dollars, which I think is a fine deal. Yeah. I'm totally okay with it. Absolutely. Uh Sasha Shmolevsky. Shemolevsky. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, this is another one that I feel is kind of we're getting to the point of shit or get off the pot. I would say that I think he's got a little bit more, he's got a little bit more room uh, to work with than I think Blickfeld, just because, um, you know, he did kind of have a, a, you know, COVID season one was kind of a rough season for him, um, you know there and, uh, so that was and then obviously last you know COVID season two last year you have I mean everybody was going through some stuff one way or the other you know so it's I mean it's it's hard to be I guess critical or judgmental to the normal level I feel like you sort of have to give everybody the benefit of the doubt with some rare instances obviously but I mean two assists in five games uh, NHL games that is you know he played very well with the Barracuda I think same thing as kind of like um you know like a Barabanov um, you know, if he kind of just keeps doing what he's doing, I think eventually it'll all fall into place because, you know, like we said, very small sample size. But, you know, what we've seen so far has been good. So let's move on. Uh, Andrew Cogliano, another addition to the team this season. Uh, look, more than a thousand games. But, you know, there's some tread on that tire. <laughs> 30, there, you, 34, there 34 now 11 points in 54 games with the stars last season uh you know he's going to be a good guy he's going to help your culture in the room and you're only asking fourth line minutes from the guy so i you know when you want somebody who's established uh he's a smart player uh i i like this and you know one year deal and what's cogliano getting a million bucks. Uh, exactly I, I, again, another addition that I think your return on investment is going to be more than than apropos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing as Benino, right, where he's a designated penalty killer. Um, but he's also got the speed um, to his advantage, which is obviously really nice. And um, I, I think I honestly think whoever, you know, that fourth line, it's I'm assuming at least this is what I'm predicting you're going to see Cogliano on the left side, Matt Nieto on the right side, and then somebody in the middle. Weatherby. And I think, Weatherby. Yeah, maybe Weatherby. But I'm thinking, you know, if that's your fourth line, like I think that's a pretty decent fourth line. You know, the speed, penalty killing, and, size. you know, size, absolutely. You know, Cogliano, I mean, he's he's only 5'10", but he doesn't shy away from physical play. Yeah. And, you know, maybe each of these guys, you know, maybe they only chip in – five to seven goals each, but Hey, that's, I mean, that's really all you can ask for from players like that. Absolutely. Uh, Logan Couture third year of the captaincy quoted as saying at the end of last season in exit interviews, when asked if the culture had been repaired or if it was where it should be straight up said, no, uh, he, he slowed down after a hot start last season. He, I mean, 
We're going to get to him when we get to him, but who knows who his line mates are going to be because right now, I mean, who are you penciling on your top line knowing, at least for now, that, the well, knowing that we don't know if Kane is going to be up there. So who are you putting out there with him? Jonathan Dolan in Balsers, LeBanc? You're talking about with Couture? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking, and it's worth noting too. You're correct. You know, Couture did slow down after a very hot start. It's worth noting Couture was injured all second half of the season, yeah. and the only reason he played was because the Sharks had this weird glimmer of hope that they were going to make the playoffs. Um, and and people, you know, nobody really seems to remember that he was playing hurt. And I think if you look at the numbers, considering he was hurt, I think he did well actually um so i think a healthy season will do wonders for him i also think going to your question about who is he going to play with even though it didn't work out last year i still think you go back to that couture meyer pairing just because it's worked more than it hasn't all right and i mean maybe you can have an audition for that spot you know maybe it's balsers maybe it's dolan maybe it's leonard maybe it's noah gregor you know uh jonathan dolan uh, look, he's on a one-way contract. <laughs> high risk, high reward. Yeah, you know, is his uh, you know, efforts in Sweden going to make it in the NHL? He clearly has a chip on his shoulder, thinks his shit doesn't stink and can translate very well to the NHL game. And let's be honest, if Kane is not on this squad on opening night, doesn't that just free up a window of like, okay, you wanted it. Here you go. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think it, it the the Swedish league that he was playing in last year, it's like you look at the numbers and it's really impressive. But then you also see he's playing in the second tier league. So you, you kind of have that mindset of, well, I would hope he dominates at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think he has a lot of offensive talent. I think, yeah, it's a one-way contract, which is a risk because if he's on the Barracuda, you're still paying him 750,000 sheets. But yep. – I think I think he has the offensive talent that you have to at least give him a chance, especially if Evander Kane's not playing games to start or hopefully at all. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. I think you put him up there and you just see what happens. Like I said, the I would say, like, and going to the old the Peter DeBoer school of thought, right, where it's like Couture and Meyer, I would argue, is locked. And I would say Hurdle and uh, Barabanov, right now anyway, if I'm the coach, is locked. Well, and it's it's very much like DeBoer, where he really loved his pairings. Yeah. And it was and, just kind of like, you know, that third piece is a plug-and-play kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. And so I think specifically like LeBanc, Balsers, Jonathan Dolan, John Leonard, Noah Gregor, all these guys, like could they be with Couture and Meyer? Sure. Could they be with Hurdle and Barabanov? Okay. Could they be with Benino and whoever? Like I, I really think, like you said, it's a plug-and-play, and I think – if you can lock down those two pairs, you know, like I said, the Hurdle, Barabanov, and the Couture Meyer, I think you could put anybody on that other side. And I think Dolan is going to be a guy who hopefully benefits from that the most. And let's go with an instant reaction right now to the chat. Uh, do me a favor for all the people that are watching right now. Give me a yes or a no if you think Kane is on the opening roster on October 16th. Um, William Eklund. Now, I only mentioned him because of where he was drafted. I, he's gonna make the team. Uh, so yeah, I I just look. No, at him. he's not. Yeah, well, 
To but me, if he doesn't, it's fine. That exactly, and it's like, do you really want to get him into this? What sounds to be like a somewhat toxic situation right now? Like, no, let him he, do his thing and marinate the crap out of him. He's. I would. I agree with you. I would take the absolute slow approach with William Eklund. You know, could he? I think if he has a good camp, I think you give him those those first nine games to just see what happens because if you give him those nine games and he's got nine points, then obviously you got to change your thinking, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, he scored, uh, you know, he was half a point per game in the Swedish Hockey League as an 18-year-old, which is rarefied air. You know, not everybody does that at 18. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he's done that, you're thinking, okay, maybe he can come over make an NHL impact right away. But if he can't, it's okay because he's 18. Send him back to Deergarden, which is his Swedish Hockey League team. Let him run rough shop there. Then next year, maybe let him run rough shop in the Barracuda. Get him into the NHL on a full-time basis by, you know, 2023, 2024. That's fine. He's yeah. 18. He's He was, AJ, he was born in 2002, okay? Shut up. Like, Shut your whore mouth. Like, I don't want to hear about it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, our buddy Ian, you don't want that around the kids in reference to Kane, but... Most of the people that are responding in our chat right now are saying that they do think Kane will, in fact, be on the roster on opening night. I don't know. I'm a little more skeptical right now. Not opening night. I, I don't think he'll be there opening night. But that was but, my question. Opening right. night. Right. I don't think he'll be there opening night, but to say he's done for the year, I think, is a bit premeditated. Yeah. Or premature, rather. Let's go to Dylan Gambrell. If there was ever an example of shit or get off the pot, it's this guy. I mean, <laughs> it's it's well documented how I feel about Gambrell. I actually I like the player, and I think yeah, okay, he was drafted in the second round uh, five years ago. You probably want a little more from him, but if he tops out as a fourth liner, like we said, you need these guys. And you need these guys. But let's l- let me ask you this. Had there not been an expansion draft and the Sharks needing bodies to expose, do the Sharks sign this guy? Yeah, probably not. I mean, just evidenced <laughs> evidenced by the fact that uh, Gambrell got $1.1 million for 23 NHL points in his career. <sighs> like, now, that said, is it an overpayment? Yes, but you're. it's not crippling the franchise, you know what it's I mean? Not, yeah, but... Again, I honestly, if it wasn't for the Kraken draft, I don't think there's any way the Sharks make an offer to him. And we'll get into it later. But, you know, I've already got Weatherby on my list is bumping him up. You know, I, I'm, I've got Gambrell maybe as my 13th forward at this point. Which, and again, like you need those players, so that's fine. But Oof. it's... It's a curious case, right? Because it's you know conventional wisdom says it, he's five years after his draft year, like he's it's not gonna come together, you know. But then I don't know. I just feel like every year he's been in the NHL, I feel like he's gotten better. So I'm inclined to say I don't think we need to, you know, put all these different plans on hold to help his development. But <laughs> I'm just I, I'm thinking. Hold like, up, everybody! Dylan hasn't gotten here yet. Let's all right. wait. We're not right. John King, just, we're not there yet. Gambrell's right. still getting his shit together. But I just I also just think like if he's if he's consistently a fourth line player, 
Like, yeah, that's not what he was drafted for, but I don't think we should look down on, on him for that just because at the end of the day, he's still an NHL talent. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. I still think there's, you know, I, to quote Ian, a uh, guy from the Guy Factory, I think there are sure. people in a pipeline that are ready to take his gig and say, you know, goodbye, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. Uh, Noah Gregor, oh, you're one of your faves. Yeah, um... I mean, <laughs> signed a late deal after the Sharks were able to get under their contract, you know, all get within the umbrella of 50. Right. And I think, you know, he, he was drafted in 2016, like Gambrell, like Blickfeld. But I don't think it's a get off the pot kind of moment for Gregor here. He's only played two seasons. And truthfully, I, I hate to, you know, like act like I'm his dad or something, but I don't <laughs> feel like I don't feel like he's gotten a fair chance. And I'll tell you why, because. At, you know, at He's the end a of plug, it's like when somebody else hasn't think, oh, okay, get, fetch me Gregor. But he's, I, the, the point that I make is, you know, you go back to COVID season one, right? When the writing was on the wall and the Sharks were going to miss the playoffs, you know, before everything got shut down, when we thought we were going to live a normal life. Um, What's that? <laughs> right. Gregor was put onto Logan Couture's wing and was, was thriving there. You know, he, he had three goals in that year. I think two of them came from Couture. To be fair, and, Nils Ekman thrived on Thornton's wing, but anyway. Right, but point still stands. I mean, goals win games, right? Sure. And so I look at that, and I'm thinking, yeah, like next year, if he does it, like he's going to be poised for, you know, a breakout. And you go back to this past season, how many minutes did he spend with Couture? Zero. And it's like, what, what happened here? Because we saw this was working out. And then you come into this past year and you don't even try it. Yeah. Well, so I just don't really. I mean, I know it's a competition, but I just don't really think that's was fair. I think at the very least he earned a look there, and like it was not even thought about. And I think, I don't know. I just think he's a player with a lot of talent, and I think he would benefit a lot from opportunity. Yeah, and you know, our, our buddy Ian saying, you know, Gregor's twenty three, so he's getting there. Gambrell is twenty five, and he is there, so. That's again. That's why I sit here and go, Gambrell. Yeah, ex you take the Kraken situation out of it, and Gambrell is not wearing teal right now. Uh, Gregor, I think it's the look. I mean, who 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 do you got down the middle? I mean, obviously it's Hurdle and Couture splitting one one and two. You brought in Benino for the third job, so it's all about the fourth line center position. So hey, let Gregor fight it out with Weatherby and Gambrell and you know this guy and that guy, Shemilevsky, whoever. Uh, I th I think Gregor might thrive at the wing. I would love to see him, maybe you know uh, Benino centering Gregor on one side and and you know whoever on the left again you can't get too deep into the weeds without knowing whether Kane is going to be on this squad or not say that Kane is there on opening night I'm not mad at a line of Benino Dolan and Gregor no me neither and I and I do agree with you I think every everything I've watched with Noah Gregor I think he's better suited as a winger mm -hmm. and I mean with how you know, porous the Sharks have been at wing the last two years. I think it's, you know, I, I, I just want him, like, selfishly as a player that I like watching, you know, I hope he gets an opportunity um, to, you know, do that. And, you know what, if it doesn't work out, then, hey, I'm the idiot and it's not going to work out. <laughs> we, but, we don't need another Rudd deal. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Put Radil with Couture. Remember that? <laughs> uh Tomash Hurdle. I mean Aye. best player on the team, no? Uh I would say absolutely you are correct. Uh let's talk about him for a hot second. Look, he's gonna be UFA, currently making five point six. Um had some things to say over the offseason and over the last two days. If you remember during the offseason, he spoke with a Czech publication, had some interesting quotes along the lines of, I don't know if the Sharks want me. I don't know if I want to be with the Sharks. And over the last two days with the start of camp, he said, you know, Jumbo was one of those guys that he could take way more money, but he takes less because he wants to be with a winning team. And Hurdle said, I like that idea. You can go somewhere else, sign for the maximum, maybe even too much, but then you're going to lose for the next eight years. <coughs> Eric Carlson. Uh, I don't want to be in that position. Um, Hurdle on if he f- thinks the Sharks want him back. At the end of the season, when I talked to Doug – he likes my game. He wants me to stay here longer. Even my agent said he wants me to stay. So I feel like he likes me and he wants me to stay here. We'll see. End of the day for him, it's business. He has to make the best decision for the team. Now, he, this is the quizzical thing for me is he's saying that that happened at the end of the season. Was Oh, he likes my game. He wants me to stay here. That was at the end of the season. That happened in May. This whole thing with the the interview with the Czech magazine happened like a month ago, and he's going, I don't know if they want me. I don't know if I want to stay here. So that that seemed to be pretty interesting. Hurdle on the locker room issues with Kane and whether he'd welcome him back or not, he said, I know guys are talking about it all the time, which, hello, that's a little bit of a distraction. Uh, but what is in our room stays in our room. Couture said something very similar over the last two days of training camp, which, of course, is funny in hindsight when all of this stuff leaked. So maybe it doesn't stay in the room. But anyway, Hurdle goes on to say Kane is still part of the team. It's up to us to handle stuff, everything in the locker room, so I don't want to really get too deep into it. Everybody wears the same Sharks logo. It's the 20 guys in the room. It's us to, uh, It's up to us to be the best for each other. You'll notice Hurdle's comments, Couture's comments, Vlasic's comments, Burns' comments on this whole Kane situation. No one is stepping up saying, no one's there defending Kane, by the way. It's very cliche. I was, I was going to say that because, you know, I feel like in that situation, like if somebody said, hey, you know, like if somebody was like, oh, is AJ welcome back to the, to Teal Town? I would say like, you know, based on everything right now, I'd say, yeah, you know, AJ is a valued part of the team. <laughs> Let's He's a be good... honest. If somebody said something about AJ, he'd be like, who? <laughs> right. No, but, it, you know, AJ's. I would say, you know, he's a he's a valued part of the team. He's a hard worker. He's a good friend, good guy. Yeah, we want him back. And with this Kane situation, specifically Hurdle, specifically Burns, they said, well, he's a shark. <laughs> he's our teammate. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Exactly. Like so, you can be teammates with somebody and not like them, like, and I know, dude. I mean, me and Landy. Come on, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but even like, you know, um, think about that, John. Remember John Scott when you interviewed John Scott? 
He oh. basically said he was like, "Yeah, me and Adam Burrish aren't really tight." Yeah, he was, yeah. Well, he, <laughs> no, I think it was a little more like, "Yeah, fuck that guy," but yeah, absolutely. Point still stands though. Yeah. Um, so let me just ask you this because I know we we have this, but again, we we've got like twenty pages of notes to get through here today, uh, so I'm kind of mixing and matching. So while we're here running down hurdle, let me ask you the, a couple things: Is hurdle a shark after the trade deadline? Just, just now. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, if, if the season goes to shit by Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, and it's like, okay, everybody's like, you know, moving the deck chairs. She's going down. Uh, that could happen. Or it could be like, holy crap. Here's the Eric Carlson that we're paying. Where'd this guy fucking show up from? And 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 holy crap, Mark Edward Vlasic, look at him. And you know, and everybody is. Uh, here's the LeBanc that we saw a couple years ago. Here's the Timo that we saw score thirty. Like, you know, it, it, I don't think all of those things are going to go all the way one way or the other. My thing is just like right now, gut feeling is hurdle wearing teal the day after the 21-22 trade deadline. So you're going to hate me. Okay, let her... Oh, I'm, I may not. Let her rip. I don't think there's enough information out there to make an educated choice. Okay, you're you're right. I hate you. <laughs> because it's like you can say, well, you can say, well, if the Sharks are bad, he's gone. Or you can say, if the Sharks are good, he stays. Well, here's the thing. The regular season hasn't started yet, so we don't know. We have no idea. Like I, well, I think okay. It's about- well, okay. Let, you know what? Let's just stop this noise then, and we'll get to well, it during our three bold predictions. Well, because okay, so let me here. Let me give you an example. So you say, to, so you say, our, how about this? I say to you, is Hurdle on the team after the trade deadline? You say hypothetically. You say no. I say why? What's your reason? You can't talk about the regular season that hasn't started yet. I no. I again, I want to get to this during three bold predictions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. But uh, right now, but hold on, because we're doing our player preview. So I feel I need to speak on hurdle. Best player on the team uh, scored at a 71 point pace last year, despite having COVID, which um, devastated him, his wife, his kid. He lost weight over it. And it should be noted that it was uh, brought up today in camp that he came into camp last season with like, I don't know, an extra 10, 12 pounds on him. Lot of lots of muscle lost a, a, a good amount of that during uh, when he had the Rona and mm-hmm. and then what happened when he came back to the team he was he, disgustingly good yeah and so evidently he came in to camp this year trying to maintain that same weight hoping that that would carry over but go ahead I just think it and we'll move on to because there's a bunch of other players on this team but I think I think it says a lot about hurdle as a player that he had a really bad case of COVID and came back looking like an elite player. Because how many times have we heard like, yeah, you can test negative and you can recover enough to go back to work or go back to school or whatever, but that stuff lingers with you. And we got no impression that it lingered with him, despite the fact that by all accounts, he had a really severe case. Yes. Uh, Next on the list alphabetically, Evander Kane. <laughs> you know what? Um <laughs> you're all pass. <laughs> well, you know what? We we spoke a lot, you know, um when it first came out that some players on the team didn't want him anymore. Um you know, we were kind of saying, "Well, what's your problem? He was the best player on the team." 
not realizing all of the shady shit that was going to come to light. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is not flip-flopping. This is using new information to refine refine your opinion. Mm -hmm. I personally hope he never plays another game in Teal. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you, and that's not and that's not me being biased or bitter or scorned. I just think, from the perspective of I surrounding, just, I just surra- building want... a good culture, surrounding your team with good people, good players. Exactly. I just you gotta go. I don't want this drama around the team. Yeah, I mean, especially and and I saw Ian when we were talking about William Eklund. Ian mentioned it. You don't need the kids around that, and it's like, yeah, you know, you say to William Eklund, oh man. Evander Kane's been on the team for for four years now. He's one of our best players. You know, he's a, he's a veteran. And William Eklund's going to look at him and say, "This is the guy I'm supposed to model my game after and look up to." No thanks. <laughs> well, he, here's my take, uh, very quickly. Uh, and and Ian, I think, hit this on the head superbly on a previous teal tinted. Um, you know, he, he dove into it and I think handled it as well as it could be handled up, up to what had been, uh, alleged at that point. I don't want to get into his personal shit. Uh, that's his personal stuff. What him and Anna and, and all that stuff. Nah, he was at this point, it was the NHL concluded their investigation about the gambling thing, which would have been a get the fuck out of here a moment if it if evidence had come to light that he had gambled on the NHL. That didn't come to light. So right now, as it stands, disinvited from camp. We'll Still see, on the roster, though, worth pointing out. Yes. We'll see what happens. Kevin Kerr's pointing out earlier today on Twitter that he is not allowed in the building. So it's not like there's a separate area that he could like go work out and say no. Evidently, he is not allowed in the building. Uh, my take on it is, had this been a a one off situation, like it's like he had been fine in Atlanta or Winnipeg or Buffalo, and there had been no tumultuous circumstances surrounding him during any of those times, but here there was an issue. Maybe I give the benefit of the doubt, but. You go and you look, and, and John Scott, Dropping the Gloves podcast, he went through a litany of things that has surrounded this guy over the last 12 years. You know, it's, again, you, you know, you don't judge anybody on, on one thing, but it's like when you see it's just like it continues over and over and over again. Again, I, I just go back where it's just like, you know what, take your drama and sell it to someone else's mama. Don't want it. So, let's move on to one of Jerk's favorite, all-time favorite sharks, Yoel! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Is he going to get into the NHL this season? (laughs) You know what? I hate to say it, but... Probably not, and I don't think that's indicative of him as a player. I mean, very good at the AHL level. I don't think there's any debate about that, and his small NHL sample size has been good as well, but I just think too many guys are sniffing around the the Sharks' bottom six right now. I just don't think there's a spot for him. You know, he'll probably play out his contract with the Barracuda and then go back to the Swedish Hockey League, and it would suck because I like him as a player, but ultimately I think it would be the right play. Uh, I got I got to call it out here on the chat. Rhythm Hunter saying forty eight 
is the reason I became a Sharks fan. Tomas Hurdle. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, talking shout outs. I should probably, of note, <laughs> just for the giggles, uh, user Rhythm Hunter. That's actually my dad. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it absolutely is. Oh, shout out. <laughs> and the re- reason being is I-, I took him to a Sharks game. It was second game of the season, right, in 2012. And uh, he, we're, we're walking around the tank, and he's like, you know, I, f- I feel like I want to get a jersey. But I don't want to get somebody who's going to be gone in a week. You know, like, who who's somebody could be around here for, for a hot minute? And I said, well, you know, we're all very, very excited about Tomas Hurdle. And he's like, okay, we need to get jerseys, Hurdle jerseys. Absolutely. We go get our Hurdle jerseys. We sit down in our killer seats that were like front row, upper deck. And what happens? Hurdle scores the first two goals of his career against the Coyotes. Nice. And so ever since then, Rhythm Hunter, big fan. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Kevin LeBanc. Here's another guy that I am <sighs> very much shit or get off. The, like, are you going to be top six or not? Well, you know what I just want to point out for Kevin LeBanc? I think I think he is I think he's underappreciated heavily. Um, he was for the shit that he got last year, like he was literally one of the only consistent guys on the team. Uh, in well, fact, hold on. Excuse me. <clears throat> module. I was going to say he was he was fourth in um he was fourth in total module points. Um he was Tied for the team lead in high value goals. You you may I mean, for 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 the people that are new here, you might need to explain what the hell module means. Yes. Okay. So AJ and I, AJ and I developed a module patent pending that basically <laughs> determines like how important to how important to a, a a specific hockey game is a goal. You know, is it a low value goal, a mid value goal, a high value goal? And so you look at Kevin LeBanc and you say, man, you know what? He was supposed to take a step this year, and he only had 12 goals. But I sit here and I say, did you know that eight of those 12 goals were high-value goals? Right. And obviously, you know, you're going to look more fondly at the player who has 30 goals versus the player who has 12. But what if I told you that, you know, uh, 70% of those 12 goals directly led to the Sharks winning? Right. Or and at it, the very least having a chance to win. And let me say that this whole module idea – it all started with a, a particular person on Twitter just going to bat over and over and over again about how great Milan Mahalik was and me getting fed up going, okay, yeah, he had 30 goals, but like 22 of them came when the Sharks were like down by four goals with five minutes left, up by four goals with five minutes left, you know, like just goals that in the – final analysis would not have changed the outcome of the game versus mm-hmm. a guy like, well, I, you know, at one point, what, in 07, 08, somewhere in that time frame, Jeremy Roenick only had like 13 goals for the Sharks, but like eight of them were game winners or game tires. Yeah, that Roenick's first, Roenick's first season with the Sharks, yeah, was was. Very good. He had 14 goals. Ten of them were game winners. See, that's what I'm saying. So, who do you want on the team? Is that you know, it's that guy who scores 14 and 10 of them are, uh, you know, game winners, game tires, you know, high on the module, if you will, or the guy who puts up 29, but 22 of them were 
that if you take it out of the equation, it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So anyway, right. we could, we could go hey, down a, a, a whole whole. This is AJ hole. and this is AJ and I's new advanced analytic that <laughs> we 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 tracked last season. We're going to be tracking it again this season. You're going to have obviously um, weekly updates of uh, the module. Um, the, that'll be a new segment on the Pucknologist this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but with LeBanc, like I said, I think he's an underappreciated player, and I think considering how much he got shuffled around the lineup, I think he did pretty well. I mean, in an 82-game season, um, he would have had 18 goals and 42 assists. I mean, that's not bad at all. Right. Um, you know, better than what he did last season. Or, um, I'm sorry, 1920, COVID season one. So step up there. Also worth noting, uh, played 10 games with Team USA at the World Championship, had six points. So, you know, if you're, I think you know, this is a season for him to to just kind of say, yeah, I am a top six guy. Yeah, to to take two stacks of cash uh, from his big contract he got and shove them in his ears so he can shut out the haters. There you go, uh, John Leonard. Enjoy the Barracuda, my friend. Yeah, you know, and, that, I, and I that's think... that's not. I don't say that in a disparaging it's not way. Not a slight at all. Yeah, not a slight. It's a, he went thirty games. Without a goal, he and, and again, not a slight. It's just you. You need to marinate more. I, I'm. I've got all the faith in you that I that I can. I just don't want you to be rushed. Maybe Gambrell went through that. Maybe other players have gone through that. Leonard, man, just go kick ass with the Cuda for a season, maybe a season and a half, and then yeah, bring that party up to San Jose. Well, and that and that's the thing. You know, he he had 13 points in 44 games, which I mean, as far as rookies go who didn't get a lot of ice time, like that's pretty that's a pretty decent clip to be scoring at. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you look at his college numbers, specifically his senior season or I'm sorry, his junior season, um he has an affinity for scoring, we'll say. And so I think like yeah, he had a good uh rookie year and I think he should be very proud of it, but yeah, if he ends up as the, you know, the quote-unquote big gun on the Barracuda, I think More he will and should like take it in stride, light it up down there, and you know give give Bob Bugner a reason to bring you back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timo time, this, man, I, he's I, I so. I look at this guy. Nobody so needs good. a trampoline in their backyard more than this guy because this guy needs to bounce back. He yeah, he's so good. But like the last, it's weird because the last two seasons. He's had a very meh first half and a pretty solid second half. And it's like, I would like to see you have a solid one hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like, feel like he has a little bit of what I would call Goldobin syndrome. Just kind of, he seems to be a little more interested in other things before hockey. Like I don't know he, a little that. bit more into building the Timo brand rather than being part of the Sharks brand. I, I, I can't say one way or the other on that. I mean, I just don't know. But I think, I mean, there's definitely, and I've said it on Twitter many times before, you know, a lot of his his shot selection was really awful yeah. last year. You know, he would get to the to the faceoff dot in the offensive zone and throw it on the net and the goalie would catch it and he'd go to commercial. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> what good what good was that? 
I think it's also worth mentioning that of all, as much as Logan Couture suffered from being injured the second half of the year, Timo Meyer also suffered from Logan Couture being yep. injured the second half of the year because, <laughs> you know, if the guy who's supposed to get you the puck isn't getting you the puck, it's going to make you change your game and, and, and try and reevaluate. So I, I do give Timo Meyer the benefit of the doubt from that perspective, but like I said about his shot selection and just some nights it seemed like his give-a-crap meter was Way very low. low. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm hoping he bounces back because, I mean, I I still think, you know, I said two years ago, I, I said two years ago Timo Meyer was going to have a 40-goal season, and I still believe that. But you need to start. <laughs> Bozo Soros saying ever since Timo's hand passed, he's been cursed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it. Uh, look, two years left on his deal. Remember, what, what what's the whole thing? What's the $10 million penalty again? <laughs> when the Sharks... <laughs> When he's a restricted free agent, in order to retain his rights, the Sharks need to send him a qualifying offer of one year with a $10 million salary. Now, he could be an ass and accept it and then go to unrestricted free agency the following year. I think the chances of that happening are probably less than 10%. I think if he likes San Jose, he'll, you know, try to work out a long-term extension that's not at $10 million. Okay, but two-year deal, or I should say two years left... Uh, look, the Sharks have already missed the playoffs for two years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm of the belief that they will miss again this year. If they miss a fourth year in a row, who's to say that Meyer wants to hang around for $10 million? He may f- have that well, same vibe be... as Hurdle and be like, yeah, uh, the money was great, but I want to win. Well, he'll be a restricted free agent, so it won't matter what he oh, thinks. Well, see, then but there you go. he could just as easily sign an offer sheet or just not show up at all, but again – is offer sheet i mean it's kind of a once in a lifetime thing but it does happen if he chose not to show up i think it would sully his reputation around the league i mean and we said it last season you know even though you'd think timo meyer 24 years old has 40 goal potential you think this is somebody you'd want to keep around for a rebuild set tool work whatever word you want to put after re and <laughs> refurbish Right. But at the same time, it's like if you do decide to go down that path, you know, Meyer makes the most sense as a guy to potentially trade away. So Absolutely. it's going to be interesting to see regardless. Uh, and Ian's should be noted. Line A is the only player to just sign their QO in forever. Yeah. And I actually <laughs> and he's line is the only person of stature who's done that, you know, like a couple players have done it in the past, but it's usually usually lesser value players who are kind of like, I'm not going to get anything better, so whatever. Like, Line, to my recollection, Line is the only person of stature to actually do that. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I mean, we're already running way long, so we got to start burning through some of these. Uh, Look, Matt Nieto. (laughs) I mean, what... what, I have no complaints. Love him. Yeah, I was like... It's been said time and time again here that, uh, and in fact, I think by Ian, is that, you know, when his first tour of duty with the Sharks, he was misused, uh, potentially thought to be better than he was. Colorado said, no, this is how you deploy this guy. And then San Jose went, oh, okay, cool. And then it's worked ever since. One year, 850, absolutely great PK guy, still has wheels. Uh, I'm so down with the Long Beach native. No complaints here. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna blow through a couple of these. Lane Peterson, uh, l- suit up, and I'll talk about you. Adam Raska, same. Scott Reedy, same. 
Uh, Weatherby, I think it does need to at least be noted. 23. Um, big fucking body, man. He's like 6'4", 220 versus a you know, 5'11", 180 Gambrell. If you watched him in the rookie tournament, he laid a couple guys on their ass, also potted, you know, some points. Uh, for me, he's he's the guy that I have slotted in to be the fourth line center on opening night. I yeah, just, I mean, I've just seen Gambrell not do enough for too long. Yeah, and you know he he had some decent seasons at the University of North Dakota, like you said. Comes into the rookie tournament, has a good showing. I think he should have every opportunity to lock down that fourth line center spot, and. I'm not, you know, I know there are a lot of people who can who are convinced that he will. I'm not convinced that he will, but I'm convinced that he has a very strong chance of doing it. All Just right. because, I mean, it, unless the Sharks sign or trade for somebody, it's not like the alternatives are any better, right? <laughs> You're right. Uh, Ozzy Weisblatt. Again, uh, follow Back the Back to juniors. Yeah, I was going to say, fo- follow that, that. And that's not a bad, that's that. not a bad thing. That's exactly. Bad thing. It's like, follow Eklund's path. You'll be fine. Um, defensive side, Brent Burns. The offense has dropped off, but I think he's underratedly good defensively. Uh, yes, I would agree. Um, but the, and, and we're going to get into this in a, in a little bit when it comes to projections. Um, it's, it's going to be, he is known as a, uh, just a fitness freak. I still think he can, he can go. I worry about his deployment. We'll see what happens. We'll see if him and Ferraro can keep up the kind of chemistry that they had built. And with that, you know, we move on to Ferraro. I just... Best defenseman on the team. Dude, if this kid is not wearing a... You know, whenever Couture decides to no longer be in Teal, whether it's retirement, trade, whatever... I think if you really want to change the culture of this team moving forward and you want to bring in that next group, the the Weisblatt, the Bordalo, the Leonard, the you know, just that whole group, Ferraro needs to lead that charge. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh and, and the other thing being, look, the, the Sharks lost a player last season. Well, I shouldn't say lost, uh, but a player that was with the team last season at least as of now, will no longer be with the team, but did in fact have a letter on the front of their jersey. Patrick Marlowe. Next uh, question. If, if, I'm, if I want to kind of help progress things along that path of the next regime, I'm giving Mario Ferraro that A, if I'm going to keep four A's on the team. Agreed. Thank you. Uh, Eric fucking Carlson (laughs) Uh, or if if everybody else could catch his pass um, he'd be a better player (laughs) Uh, well I like uh, Shane what is it Shane Ping (laughs) Shane Pang for those of you who don't know uh, had had a nice uh, little spot about Eric Carlson evidently Carlson spent pretty much the entire summer in San Jose Kept his fitness up. Evidently has a point to prove. So much so he's worried about his speed that he got a fucking haircut. But I love the fact that Shane called him the artist formerly known as Eric Carlson. Because we haven't seen that guy 
in a long time. So the highest paid defenseman for me, this is make or break. This is if he does not lead this team in points defensively, if he doesn't fix his defensive game, and that's the whole thing. Even if if his defensive numbers, or I shouldn't say defensive numbers, if his offensive numbers go down, but I see him blocking shots, doing more to get offensive guys off the puck rather than just willy-nilly sticking a stick out and hoping it, it, it confuses an offensive player. If I see more from him this season, even though if the points are less... Let then I'll I'll and I know let's all just fucking throw it out there. Plus minus is not the end. I'll be all of everything. Blah 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 blah. But if I see more from him on a defensive side of it, I I'm willing to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. That said, I want to see a full 82 games out of this guy. I want to see an 11. Point. I want to see a guy who is the highest paid defenseman in the league. This is, this is the guy that I'm looking for. And if by the halfway point, what what do you think is a reasonable expectation? 41 games in, how many points do you think is reasonable for Eric Carlson to have? 25. See, I would now, say I would take the over. Sure. Uh, I just think, I mean, like you said, you mentioned how Shang said that he stayed in San Jose, worked on his fitness, got a haircut, did all these things. If, if for nothing else, just looking strictly at appearances, it looks like Eric Carlson is, is self-aware, like... self-aware of his shortcomings and he's trying to mm-hmm. be better. And I give him props for that. So we'll see what happens on the ice. Okay. To, to me, if after 82 games, and again, I, you know, the 41, if he's under 30, I'm going to be giving it the horse eye, as Jerk likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> but if by the end of the season, he's less than 50, to me, I call the, you know, this is, this is going to be the third, third of eight years. I, I call this deal a complete bust, probably the worst that Doug Wilson has ever signed. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. I uh, think that's fair. Thank you. Um, Artemi, I'm never going to get it say it. Kniazev? 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, Whatever. Let, let's just I move mean, on. I mean, he'll... <laughs> maybe he... Maybe... He I think you just go, you know, seventh. maybe, I mean, maybe he goes back, maybe he goes back to junior. Um, well, actually, no, he does go back to junior. Yeah. This um, is another guy. I just no. Actually, no, he either the Barracuda or he'll go back to the QMJHL for his overage year. Yeah. I, my whole thing I don't is think, marinate, marinate. Exactly. I don't like, you know, he, he's not just a no name prospect, but I don't think he has any NHL potential for this year. Yes. Uh, you know, there, there's Middleton, there's Malosh, there are other people, uh, marinate. Um, Nikolai Kanijov, the fucking surprise of well, last surprise, season. Surprise for you, maybe. I knew all along. Um, uh, pff, fuck uh, you. You make that noise. No, I, I got I, people. What, I'm saying you knew all along. You're like literally like one of four people. 
Right. <laughs> like, but... no one, the general public, the uninformed fan, did not expect this guy to become the top four guy. And not only that, to kind of, let's be honest, play Vlasic out of a spot. Right. And I think, you know, um, Shang... Shang had mentioned at the end of last season that Kanijov was going to miss the world championships because of an injury. Um, and so far, Kanijov hasn't been at training camp, which makes me think maybe he's resting or rehabbing or doing something relating to that. Yeah. Um, so I, I just hope he can get healthy quickly and he can have a sophomore season similar to last season or better than last season because, you know, that that second NHL year is always the toughest one to navigate. And I think if at worst case scenario, if he can be as good as he was last year, it's, it's a win. Yeah. Let's see if he can pull the, the full 82 game schedule. Uh, but at 23 years old, uh, just, I, I'm, I'm so impressed with him right yet. He's literally like the second coming of Ferraro in that a guy who completely exceeded expectations on the blue line. Well, and it's, it's funny because, and I we're going back to Ferraro, but I, this Who? just popped into my head and I have to say it. So <laughs> one of the, it's funny because one of the criticisms of Ferraro when he was drafted was, oh, you know, he's a decent defenseman, but his skating is pretty, pretty pedestrian. And now you look like his skating is dynamite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, so we're similar to Eric Carlson. We're talking about guys who have self-awareness about their shortcomings and try and make them better. Well, and, and I just, that kind of equation that you set up I liken it and, and I know that you hate it but I, I have to do it for like maybe 10-12 seconds I have to talk Giants baseball for a second it was the same thing that I saw in Brandon Crawford as a shortstop where defensively he could do shit that you cannot coach it was amazing mm-hmm. you would look at him and you're like I, I, no one knows how to coach that he is just gifted in that way but his bat was not the greatest but I looked at that and I'm going, oh, that, you can coach that. You can fix batting stance. You can fix speed. You, there's a lot of stuff you can do that to make him a better hitter. But the shit that he does defensively, that is stuff that you cannot coach. That is just natural gifts. So I'm with you on right. that. And the same thing with – one thing I like about Kanijov as well is, you know, you and, – and I say all the time, like, especially as a defenseman, like, Use your body. Be physical. If a guy is trying to blow by you on the inside of the ice, push him to the boards. Be yeah. physical. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I like about Ferraro, but also specifically Kanijov is, you know, young guys tend to not be as physical as the older guys, just the way the game is transitioned. But Kanijov is one of those guys who is still physical. And he, d- he knows how to be physical while also keeping his skating in check. And I think similar to, you know, even though they're different players, Kanijov and Faro, they're going to be compared for years, I'm sure. I just think with Kanijov, it's, you know, it's the same. Kanijov this year is the same as Faro last year. Like, don't get crazy. Don't don't try and do anything different <laughs> or razzle-dazzle. Just, just keep, you know, keep what you've already been doing because what you've been doing is really good. All right, let's roll through. Uh, Malosh, uh, you know, maybe 13th. Seventh defenseman. Or, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, 13th. And, <laughs> and again, forwards. like, yeah, I, 70, I, fight it out with Middleton. Yeah, he, he's a guy. I don't, he's not a bad player. He's not going to blow you away with the skill. He's just a guy you can plug in and you need those guys. Yeah, seven games, one assist last season. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Ryan Merkley, enjoy the John Leonard Club. 
Barracuda, I think he should be the number one defenseman for the Barracuda. And that, and again, no. that's fine. That's and, fine. And maybe pair him with Brinson. Sure. And uh, see what uh, Pashnik can do down there. Again, that's enjoy the Barracuda. Redeem Shimmick. Um, uh, if he's healthy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks aggressively try to trade him. I am not, right there with not, you. And that's not indicative of his skill or who he is as a player. That's uh, just contract. Sim- contract, but also similar to what you're saying. Kanijov kind of made Vlasic obsolete in the top four. Ferraro did that to Shimmick. Yeah. So, I mean, with 2.25 left, three years, yeah. Uh, if if I'm Wilson, I'm aggr- I am hoping that Shimmick looks fan-fucking-tastic the first 25, 30 games of the season and then, you know, find that partner, or find somebody, as Jerk would say, to put in the dentist chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. Five years left on a $7 million annual deal. Uh, the guy's been played out of top four. If if the and is reported that he came into last season just didn't skate zero shape just and, and looked horrific last season. And in fact, did you know Vlasic has been a minus player the last three seasons of the Sharks after ten straight of being a plus player and 11 of 12 being a plus player. Uh, This is, as much as I bitch about Eric Carlson, for me, Vlasic, I think my mind has been changed. He is the fucking anchor. He is the albatross when it comes to contracts for the Sharks right now. Well, because that's the thing. Say, Say what you want about Eric Carlson. At least he can score points. And... Vlasic, and like you said, he's gotten every year the last three years, he's gotten worse, both inter- if you're looking at the stats or if you're just watching him on the ice. Um, I mean, there's nowhere for him to go, unfortunately. His contract makes him immovable. So at this point, you just have to hope, hope he can figure it out and be a rock on the third pair. Yeah, come come back with some sort of chip on your shoulder because Jesus Christ, buddy. Uh, <clears throat> let's get to uh, between the pu- uh, look, we got Aiden Hill. We got James Reimer. It is what it is. Now, let me just talk to you for a hot second about lies, damned lies, and statistics. <laughs> the point projections from NHL.com, and I got a big kick out of this. Reimer is projected to have 13 wins this season for the Sharks. Hill. How many starts? Well, it doesn't say that. It just says 13 wins. Okay. Uh, Hill, 11 wins. So Idiot. that's so <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying Martin Jones is a worse goalie than both of them, and he had more wins. But here's the funny thing, though. You say Martin Jones is the worst one. Here's the funny thing is that the same group who said this, Martin Jones is projected to have 11 wins as well, the same amount as Hill, but with Philly. But the thing that I looked at this projection, and I went, okay, wait a minute. Reimer 13, Hill 11. That's 24. That's 48 points. Vegas has set the over under at 83. Where the fuck is the other 35 coming from? Melnichuk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, look, Hill, Reimer, look, is, is that pairing going to be worse or better than Jones and Kozanosh? I think it'll be better. I, I think it'll be better. Is it going to be significantly better? Is it going to be better 
enough to get to the playoffs. I don't. Sure. I don't think so. See, I don't. I think, think it so. could. I don't think so. I mean, if right, I, gentlemen's I think, wager off air. I think you have to go into it with the mindset of Hills the guy and Reimer is the cleanup. Which I think but, is funny because, like I said, Reimer has more wins projected than Hill. Right. I just. I don't know. I mean, I and I've always held the uh, held the belief that like I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Sharks will make the playoffs, but I I think they could. Okay, and Hill's only on a two year deal. Reimer is is that that's a one year deal, right? Reimer's on a two year deal as well. Oh, okay. So I mean, boy, Jesus Christ! If that doesn't say band aid on a mortal wound, I don't know what. So look, you've got Iman Melnichuk and Sachenko. I'm sorry, Melnichuk. <laughs> Uh, they're all sitting in the pipeline. Um, Melnichuk, you know, I, look, he didn't, he didn't, <laughs> he got hosed playing with the Sharks <laughs> that last, you know, his last game or so. And it, what are you going to do, man? The whole team had fucking checked out by that point. Sachenko, uh, you know, I, he's another guy that I'm like, okay, yeah, you need some marinating. I will say, man, uh, Iman in the rookie tournament, did himself no fucking favors <laughs> man that was that was not great so that's that's i don't know as has been over the last three to four seasons it it, it could come down to the just can we find a goalie that can stand on their head when needed not every game but you need it from time to time in those first couple of years jones was able to pull some shit like that out of his ass and then all of a sudden it became, you know, a bug, not a feature. So <laughs> we move on. Um, we've kind of hit all of that. I, I have to go back to the rundown because, again, we're all over the place tonight, but we're having a good time. Let's move on to three bold predictions because okay. I think this could be fun. Uh, three bold predictions. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> Because that's what the fuck we're here for. My three bold predictions. I'm going to start with uh, Gambrell. He, he he doesn't start on opening night. I don't know if that, that's that bold. I was going to say, I don't think that's bold. <laughs> yeah, but when you look at what's available, you know, Maybe the Sharks sit there and go, you know, look, the, the, you know, impress us. I mean, we're talking about a team that started Daniil tanking on an opening night, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just saying, Gambrell, that's that's my partially bold prediction. Gambrell, not a starter on opening night. How about you? Give me one. The Sharks will make the playoffs. <sighs> okay, gentlemen's wager coming up. Do uh, I need to, are, is, are we hot taking or should I show my work? No, no, we're just hot taking right now. We we can okay. get into that after we uh, after the season begins. Um, my third or second bold prediction: Mark Edward Vlasic will, in fact, bounce back. Okay, I think he at this point, whether it's it's getting over the uh, the passing away of his dogs, which I heard was used as as an excuse. Uh, the whole starting in Arizona last season, which I've heard was used as an excuse, that there's no excuses this season. And you've got five years left on your deal. I think Vlasic has enough of, uh, not narcissism, but at least like pride 
that he's like, I cannot be a minus player. You know, I'm I'm not going to be dash four straight. So that's that's my second one. I I I believe in Vlasic right now. At least he he's going to be uh, here. I'll pull one out of Jerk's uh, backpack. He's going to be better than last year. <laughs> G- give me one for you. Jonathan Dolan will score twenty goals. Ooh, oh, see, I like that. That is a bold prediction, my friend. Uh. My number one bold prediction, the boldest of the bold. I hate to say it, but uh, you know I'm going with it. Tomas Hurdle, Andrew Cogliano, Matt Nieto, the day after the deadline are not wearing teal. Okay. I mean, you see where I'm at with that, right? I mean, all FA. Right, you're implying the Sharks are going to be ass again. Uh, well, I believe the last time we did a show, you said dog shit, but yes. <laughs> I, I, I am, in fact, implying that, that, uh, yeah, I just, I don't see, once the deadline comes, I just don't see this team in the hunt. What do you do at that point? You you don't, if you're, <laughs> again, to pull out of Jerk's backpack, if you're smart, you don't hold out against hope. You acknowledge reality, and you sit there and go, look, we're not getting to the playoffs. What does it do to help this team by holding on to Nieto and Cogliano for another year? And then where we, where the fuck are we going to find the money to pay Hurdle when we also know that we got to do Ferraro? And granted, you know, RFA and he's going to get his usual Doug Wilson, how do you do? <laughs> <laughs> but there's the money aspect where it's Hurdle you're never going to get back more for Hurdle than you could right now. And there are places that he could land that could return you things that are of value, whether it's Vegas or Boston or Seattle. There are there are a couple teams that would look at Hurdle salivating. Yep. So that's why my bold prediction is, yeah, Hurdle, Cogliano, Nieto, I don't see. Two out of those three, gone at the deadline. Well, and and real quick, so we said on Teal Tinted Glasses last show, Who? like, <laughs> like if if Arizona can get a first and a second for Christian Dvorak, uh, who, no, make make no mistake, Christian Dvorak is a good player. No, he's wh- not. Tom- me, he's not Tomas Hurdle. But let me ask you this though: weren't, weren't the Coyotes in the hunt for somebody else, and that fell through, and so they kind of fell to Dvorak? Do you mean Montreal? Uh, oh fuck, I can't remember. I turn my brain off during the summer. It's only half on during hockey, but during the summer, completely off. Well, I I think Montreal did ask. I Montreal did call about Hurdle. Um, obviously, they called about Dvorak. They got him. Um, I think earlier in the season before he was traded, I think they asked about Pierre Luc Dubois. Okay. So, um, so my final bold prediction, and I have to clarify, I'm not saying that this is how things will end, but. At some point, for a stretch longer than one day, the Sharks will be number one in the division. <laughs> oh, that's another side bet we need to work on. Because ev- everybody has said, including us, everybody has said, it's Vegas, it's Edmonton, and then you flip a coin. Sure. Well, See, I don't know that I'm flipping a coin. And we'll get to that in a little bit. 
Let's. We, we should move on. You've. You, we've all made our predictions. Yes. Are you yes. comfortable? Are you comfortable with that? Okay. So um, we kind of covered the hurdle stuff where it was like, I don't know if they want me back. I don't know if I want to be back. And then all of a sudden Wilson's like, no, we totally want him back. And hurdle is like, yeah, Wilson talked to me today and I totally feel wanted, but I don't know if I want to like get overpaid and play for a shit team for like the rest of my contract or like the rest of the time that I live. So I don't know. And, and Joe Thornton signs for like low money because he wants to win, even though he hasn't won. So anyway, a uh, lot of back and forth with that. You can get that from Pashelka and Kurz and Shang. Um, again, the Evander Kane shit. Um, I think we we kind of touched on it for the most part. Look, you know, Kane gonna Kane. Uh, the, you know, he did the interview with Linda Cohn. We didn't learn jack shit. the The only thing that we have learned is that uh, you know, Black Cloud follows Chief and. That's that's pretty much it. I I I don't want to go down the cane rabbit hole. Whatever comes about comes about, and we'll see in what twenty uh, something days if Chief is on the ice on opening night. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, but you know we kind of touched on it for a hot minute. Um. All the people that were quoted when asked about him, whether it was Kane, Vlasic, Burns, whoever, not a lot of people speaking in defense. Very much kind of, well, it stays in the room. You know, very hockey cliche. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's let's do some quick hits here. Uh, Rocky Thompson is out as a coach after what was initially reported as a medical exemption for the vaccine. Now it has since been reported that no, he doesn't want to be vaccinated. And so the shark said, Oh, okay. We don't roll like that. So goodbye. He was diagnosed with freedom. (laughs) Uh, give, give, give props to Ian Reed for that one. Nice. Nice. Love it. Ian, uh, John McClain, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. He's brought in. Uh, and so anyway, it should also be noted that Rocky Thompson was reportedly very close to coming to blows with Evander Kane during a practice last season. So who knows? Let, let's get rid of all of them. Shall we? Uh, Marcus Sorensen, as we mentioned before, signed a four year deal with the Swedish hockey league. The thing there, the quote that stood out to me was, because I wanted to have fun again, feel the joy of hockey. Well, I, I think you would have had fun and felt the joy if you'd fucking scored once in a while in San Jose, but that's just me. <laughs> well, and, and, and here's the thing about Sorensen. So, who? <laughs> who? So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously didn't get an NHL deal, though by all accounts he was um, talking to a couple NHL teams. Um the team that he signed with, uh, who? <laughs> the team he signs signed with, they're paying him. It's a four-year deal, and they're paying him three and a half million dollars per year. Now, say what you want about the player, but or the team. If, if I'm Sorensen, I'm I'm like hell yeah. Where do where do I sign? <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. I'll cut my hair for that. Yeah. So, and you know what? Like, yeah, it didn't work out, but. You know, there was a point in time where we were all really high on him, so I hope it works out for him on his new team. Yeah. Uh, and I should I should note, only because it came up in the comments, um, some people do care. Sure. Anyway. Uh, 
look, Vegas has posted their odds for the point totals. All right. Okay. They put the Sharks at a lofty 83. 83 is not going to get you to the postseason, my friend. And when I saw the word lofty put in front of it, I assumed that was an acronym for lack of fucking talent. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's hit these over under odds. They have projected that Vegas, 106 and a half or over. For me, I, 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 I take the over. Based on the division that they're in, uh, I take the over, and you know, and I, I'm not, I'm saying I'm taking the over. But what if Leonard caves? Who knows? I mean, you literally, your team told the Vezina winner to take a walk on fucking Twitter. <laughs> so if if Leonard like collapses, maybe they don't. But again, it's as jerks jerk likes to say, we're, we're dealing with what we know right now. So. I'm saying over 106, uh, or yeah, over 106 points. What, what what say you? Well, I'll be honest with you. The only ones I really make, I really care to comment on are San Jose, Seattle, and Vegas. So I'll uh, let you fuck finish. you, just do them all. Just I, give me I over, don't, under, I, over under I don't, 106 points. Uh, I think under because 106. Really? Yeah, because 106 is already a really good season. I don't see them exceeding that. As good of a team as they are. Okay. Uh, they've got Edmonton, 97 and a half. Over. Yeah, I'm taking the over. I mean, McDavid is what? Projected to have 257 goals this year? <laughs> I mean, what did he do? It was what? 54, 56 games last year, and he scored like 114 fucking points? He had... Drum roll. <laughs> he had 105 in 56. Jesus! And if you're if you're keeping score at home over an 82 game season, that's 154 points. Fuck you. Uh, Which so... thing is anybody else? And I would say that's ridiculous for him. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What did, what did you say that would be projected to in 82? 154 points. Okay, so let me ask you this. Here's a, here's a uh, bold prediction. Does McDavid crack 150 points. No. Yeah, okay. Uh, but we're both taking the over on 97 and a half with Edmonton. Yes. Okay. Uh, Calgary. Vegas is projecting them the over under 90 and a half. I'm going to say under. I've, I don't think, first off, you lost your captain with Seattle. Uh, and just, I don't, I just don't, there's turmoil with Johnny Hockey like it seems like everybody in the world wants him out of Calgary. Uh, and I'm sorry, but as much fun as Sutter is to listen in post-game press conferences, his brand of hockey I just don't think plays anymore. I'm taking the under on that. I, I am not a Calgary believer this season. I'm going to say even. Well, it can't I be think... even because it's a half. So they're either going to hit 90 or 91. And you're, you you got to take over or under. Fine, I'm saying under, and I'm saying 90. I think that's ballpark. Okay. Uh, Vancouver, 88. Over. 88 and a half. I have over, but I think it's like you're saying. I think it's going to be like 89, maybe 90. And nope, I disagree. Okay, well, hold on. Let me finish mine, and we'll get to you. <laughs> Let me talk. No, <laughs> Let me talk, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, that's if Pedersen and company get their fucking shit together. 
which they will. I, I hope so. It still seems a little dysfunction junction over there. We heard some shit swirling about Horvat. We've heard, I mean, there's been Pedersen. What did you hear about him? Well, wasn't there some stuff swirling about him like last nope. season? Nope. Some chicane. Well, okay. Who am I thinking of then? If You're it, thinking of Jake Vertanen, who they bought. That's out. okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay, Vertanen. Okay, so Vertanen. So okay, he gone. But Get now it? it's it's Pedersen <laughs> and Hughes. It's you know it's holdout. It's it's it, Pedersen has that same mindset of like if we're gonna suck, I want out. Uh, it just seems a little dysfunction junction over there. So at yes, 80, 88 and a half. I'm going to take the over, but again, I'm thinking over, but like 90 points. No, I disagree because they got rid of Braden Holpe, who was bad last year, and they brought in Yaroslav Halak, who's a very good 1B goalie. Um, I know everybody is really low on Oliver ekman Larson, but I really like Vancouver getting him, even though he maybe he's a bit overpaid, but I still think he's a really good player. They kept Hamannick, who's good. They brought back, or they brought in, rather, Tucker Pullman, who... You know, at best, maybe he's a fourth defenseman, but I like him. You know, Quinn Hughes will get signed, no problem. Pedersen will get signed, no problem. I like them bringing in Connor Garland. I think not. People don't talk about how enough how good he is. And once they get Pedersen signed, like you're looking at Pedersen, Horvat, uh, Besser, Miller, Connor Garland, Tanner Pearson. Like that's a good top six. They bring in Jason Dickinson. Niels Hoaglander is another year older. Like. I think 88 as the line, I I mean, maybe that's fair. But to say they're only going to hit 89, I think that's – I think that's uh, – I, I, I think you're sleeping on them. I, I honestly how, how many starts does Demko get? Um, 54. Okay. Um, but I if, – if we want to say bold predictions on a non-Sharks level, Vancouver is my third team in the Pacific. All right, so let's move on to Los Angeles then. 85 and a half. I'm taking the over on that. And LA is my projection for the third spot in the Pacific. I'm going to say, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I I think 85 is a fair number for them. So I'm going to say under because I think they'll hit 85. All right. See, I think I think they could hit 91, 92. I think that there are some leaves on that vine that have ripened at a very good rate, and I think they're ready to be plucked. I do agree with you that they've they've ripened considerably. I don't think they're quite there yet. Okay. I think I think maybe one more year, and then they'll be there. But you're right. They took huge. Like I think the moves they made this year, basically, they were the right ones. Yeah, you know, bringing in Philip Deneau, bringing in Victor Arvidsson, um, you know, re-signing Trevor Moore, re-signing Alex Iafalo, you know, bringing in the guys they brought in. I don't think they're there, but I think it's accelerated their timeline. All right. Yeah. That that's my dark horse. I mean, we're both agreeing. Vegas Edmonton is gonna. That's that's your one two. Mm-hmm. It's finding at that third spot. So you're saying Vancouver. I'm saying LA. I'm not saying. Oh, you Vancouver. better fucking say it. I mean, I I still <laughs> think it's jump ball. Like I'm I'm not looking I'm at it. I'm not saying jump ball. I'm saying if you have to put money on it and you want to get paid, where are you put your say, cash? Vancouver, or LA, or Calgary, or Seattle, or whoever. I mean, who's getting that third spot? 
I mean, I think it's either Vancouver or LA. I'll tell you okay, that. But you have to put money on one of them. I would say Vancouver, okay. just because they've. I as much as I like Cal Peterson, I think Thatcher Demko's better. Nice. Okay. So that again, that's another uh, fun thing that we'll play with throughout the season. That I'm sure that there will be taunting involved. Uh, Seattle, Seattle. No, not Seattle. San Jose. Although they're pretty fucking close. San Jose, 83 and a half. Now, looking at that point, uh, at that over-under structure, I had over if Evander Kane was on this team. And and when I say over, that like I <laughs> we're talking and, and that's me trying to be optimistic because when the when the uh when the schedule came out, I've got all my little notes here and, and everything. And I don't know if you can see it. The camera probably won't autofocus, but it says up there in the corner, 83 points. So I went through and I looked at every game and I, you know, put where I thought they would finish, win, loss, overtime, blah, blah, blah. I have them between 83 and 86 points. Uh, I have them over 83 if Kane is on this team. Without Kane, I'm taking the under, but... Maybe if Kane isn't on this team for whatever reason, whether it's uh, something where it's like, you know, conduct conduct detrimental to team, whatever weird thing that they're able to say, you know what, Kane, uh, ha- Uncle Haas is going to write you your checks and you just sit on your couch and cash them. Stay the fuck away from SAP Center. We don't know. But maybe that brings the team together. Maybe it doesn't. All I know is that he was a leader in goals and points last season. So with Kane, I'm taking over 83, like I would say 84. But without him, I'm I'm under. Jerk. So it's worth saying that the uh, the amount of points that the Sharks got last year, if you extrapolate that over an 82 game season, um, that's a, they scored they played at a 72 point pace. So. <laughs> If you're asking me, will they? If you're asking me, will they get more than 72 points? I would say, yeah. Can they hit 83? That's hard to say. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say over, but I'm not gonna reveal how much wow. over. Okay, if you're saying over 83, I'm impressed with that. Uh, Ian, the reason, Ian the reason, in my corner says LA over Vancouver. Anyway, go ahead. Well, that well, I was gonna, I was just gonna say, like the reason why I'm not gonna say how much over, is because the Sharks could hit 84 or they could hit 94 and make the playoffs. I'd still be right either way. Okay. I don't, I, I just whether they make or miss the playoffs, I don't see them getting less than 83. I feel you. Uh, Seattle Kraken, one Ooh. point less, 82 and a half. I'm going to go over to 83 just because Grubauer, I mean, I, I think they got solid tending. I don't know where the goals are going to come from. I think they could, you know, win some, you know, one nothing, 2-1 games. I, I'm I'm going to say over, but I'm only going to say, like, maybe they, you know, 83 or 84. But I'm going to say over 82 and a half. Hmm, I'm going to say over, too. Um, and when I say two, I mean T-O-O. Uh <laughs> I just – I don't really know what to think about them. There's some things about their team I like. There's some things about their team I'm really not that interested. I think they will be 
with the Sharks and with the Calgary Flames in the middle of the division. I think if you're looking at the Pacific Division for 2021-2022, I think you break it up into three groups, maybe four groups. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you know Vegas and Edmonton, as we talked about. You have L.A. and Vancouver, like we talked about, maybe battling for the third. And then that third group, I think, is Calgary, San Jose, um, and Seattle. And then I think on an island by themselves, unfortunately, is the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, dude. (laughs) Okay, look, I'm just going to throw it out there. Anaheim, 7.5. I'm taking the under, to be honest with you. Gibson, as much accolades as he gets. He's posted a nine oh four and a nine over th- and a nine oh three over the last two seasons. Albeit short, not his fault. Not his fault, and albeit shortened seasons. But I think, and, and I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before on a show. Uh, to me, the the dumbest move that Anaheim ever made over the last eighteen months was not trading Gibson. <laughs> like, talk about value pissed away. But anyway, uh, 70 and a half, I'm taking the under. Me too. Okay. Um, so let's go through some point projections from NHL.com, and these are hilarious. Uh, they are Now, these are over 82 games, people. Not a short and 56 truncated season. 82 games. Hurdle, top of the list with 56. They're Criminal. <laughs> they projected Kane to hit 55. Under. He's going to hit zero. <laughs> Couture, 52. Over. Meyer, 49. Over. Barabanov, 48. Even. And no other forward listed above 30 points. Yikes, Idiots. LeBanc. Idiots. Idiots. All right. Idiots. So, uh, That's so, how I feel. <laughs> so let's play over, under again then. Hurdle, 56 points. Over. Kane, 55. Under. Uh, Couture, 52. Over. Meyer, 49. Over. Barabana, 48. Even. All right. Uh, hurdle. I, I th- I'm i going to go over. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds, oh, boy, big fucking stretch. No, I'm going to go over <laughs> just because I think he's going to be on another team by the deadline and it's going to give him more points. So I'm going to take the over. <laughs> uh, Kane, no comment. Uh, Couture. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's over. But uh, is he going to hit 60? I don't think so. But I do think it'll be over 52. Well, let me – can I back up for a second? Yeah, whip it out. If Kane plays over. Over 55? Yes. Okay. If he plays. Now, and see, and if Kane plays, I take uh, Couture, I may say over 60 because I expect Kane to be, be with Couture. So No, I don't. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, Meyer forty nine. You're saying over? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, if all goes if all goes according to plan, dude, thirty five of those are going to be goals. Okay, and, and that's great. You know what? I'm going to say under. I, I'm just I I am off the fucking Timo train right now. Um, Barabana forty eight. Uh, I'm going to say under as well. I'm not going even. I'm I'm saying under just because. Uh, hashtag small sample size. Like show me. So that's fair. Uh, let's move on to the defensive side. Burns point projection for this season, 45. Again, 82 Even. game schedule. Now, let me give you some context in these numbers. These are extrapolated, by the way, over 
82 no games. So we know that last year they only played 56. The year before that it was, what, 70? So uh, these are extrapolated over 82-game seasons. Let me let you know. Burns, in 2019, 83 points. 2020, 53 points extrapolated. 2021, 43 points extrapolated. You'll see that, first off, he really likes hitting the number three on the back end of whatever it is, 83, 53, 43. But he is projected from NHL.com to do 45 points this season. I'm going to take the over on that. I think Chief could hit 50. I think he... Honestly, I'm inclined to say even for him. Really? Well, give me one or the other. Um, Over, barely. Okay. Now, the other thing I should point out, too, is that over those three seasons, dash 21. High risk, high reward, but just, just putting that out there. EK65, he is projected to have 40 points over an 82-game season this coming 21-22 season. Let me give you the extrapolated numbers. 2019, 70 points. 2020, 56 points. Last season, 35 points. For and the, these are all extrapolated, right? O- over 82 games. Right. The, like I think we all would have been, pr- been impressed if last season, <laughs> over 56, he would have hit 35 points. But no. Those are numbers extrapolated over an 82-game schedule and Chief over the last three seasons, minus 27. Projected to have 40 points this season. I'm I'm going to take the over because I've been hearing all this, like he's coming, you know, he stayed in San Jose the whole time. He's committed. He's in shape. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I've said it earlier in the show. We're going to get to a certain point of this season. It's probably going to be around mm, 30, 35 games in, or at least maybe even not that far, like what, 28 or wherever the third of the line is. If Chief is not like going at a point seven point per game clip, I'm calling it. This was a horrible fucking contract. Not when That's you're the fair. highest paid defenseman in the league. Um, no other D for the Sharks were projected to hit over 30. There you go. Ferraro, you're on the clock. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we, we talked about the wins, but the funny thing is about projected wins. We covered this just as coach, but Reimer projected to have 13 Hill projected to have 11. The fun part is former Sharks. Jones with Philadelphia projected to have 11. Thomas Greish. I just Greish. I just I'm just every time I say Tomash or anything like that, it's everything has an esh on the end of it. <laughs> but Greish with Detroit also projected to have 11. Here's the thing that really fucking kicks you in the smalls. Who did we trade to get Hill? Kojanash. And he is projected a uh, Hill. Projected to have 11, Kozenash projected to have 12 wins with an absolutely shitstorm of an Arizona team. I think that is hysterical. Now, Marc-Andre Fleury, vain, uh, reigning Vesna winner with Chicago, who is 
depending on who you talk to, maybe on the come up, maybe kind of still in purgatory, projected to have 24 wins. That is more, or that that is the same. Flurry projected to have the same amount of wins as Reimer and Hill combined with San Jose. Just to put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, which is why I don't give much credence, you know, because you, you like give a, credence. The, who do you give credence to? I'm 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 curious. Uh, <laughs> Me, myself, for legal and I. Re- for legal reasons, I can't get into that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like really, they're projecting. They're basically like you said. They're projecting the Sharks are going to get 24 wins this year. Like that's just not possible. Like this team could be utter dog shit, and they'll get at least. They'll get at least 30 wins. All right. Let's move into the fantasy ranks from SI, and this is great. So they – they Go ahead. Is it? I, I think it's funny as fuck. Uh, they, they pulled, you know, like if, if you're a fantasy player, which I am not. I haven't done it in a while. I'm not saying it's not a fun thing to do and that you shouldn't do it. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying I don't have the fucking time. <laughs> but if you do – SI said, here are the top 250 fantasy ranks. This is, oh, this is the shit you write at home about. (sighs) 250 people is what we're talking about. 250. Number 92, not a shark. Former shark, Joe Pavelski. Can I let let you in on a secret? Uh, Sure. I don't care. Uh, but some people do. You're not the only one listening. Uh, <laughs> at 105, not a shark, Josh Norris. Love him. 118, not a shark, Tim Stutzla. I don't know who that is. 124th, not a shark, Drew Dowdy. And then... Again, this is top 250 at 140. We had to go through 139 other fucking players in the NHL to finally get to a shark. Tomas Hurdle at 140. 147th, Logan Couture. 156th, Brent Burns. 162nd, Timo Meyer. And here's the one that is a ball kicker. 209th, Eric Carlson. The highest paid defenseman in the fucking NHL and Drew Doughty is like 76 spots ahead of him. Holy shit. So, anyway, there, there's your fantasy ring. So let's get to some a little bit more of this kind of high-low, better or worse game. Shark stats for next season. Goals four. They were... 2.61, good for 25th in the league, higher or lower this season. They're going to be better higher. or worse. Goals for? Yep, better. All right, goals against, 3.5, tied for 29th. Better. Yeah, I would say better as well. Goals for? I, I kind of, I, I, I'm going to pull the uh, the Ian card and say even. I just, I don't know where the goals are going to come from the, from this team right now. Uh, power play, which was fucking pathetic last year, if you remember, or I should say last season. 14% for 29th in the league. Better or worse this season? Even. Really? Because, well, because what people don't realize is the guy, the guy who replaced Rocky Thompson 
uh, John McClane. That's who it is, right? He's he's taking over the power play for the Sharks. Go look at the Arizona Coyotes power play over the last five years. It was it dog shit. Yeah, it was dog shit. But no, there's no but. It was dog shit. Oh, really? Like like it wasn't that a lack of horses. It was just like execution shitty plan yeah i and, and as you know i've watched a lot of coyotes games over the last few years <laughs> they just dude you've like, been telling me to watch out for that team since 2014 <laughs> it's just like you look at the like you watch the coyotes power play and you'd think they're shorthanded like that's how little control over the situation they have i've seen that oh and uh andy not picking up the sarcasm you were dropping down <laughs> How do you not know who Stutzler is? He's the third pick. Andy, you, you hang out with us a little bit more. You'll you'll get when when Jerk is just dropping the 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 sarcasm is just dripping from his mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. The penalty kill, eighty percent, fourteenth last year. Now, just to put this in perspective, better. You know, Drew Remenda said, Ooh. you know, the those numbers, power play fourteen, PK eighty. For those of you who are shitty at math, that equals 94. If you're going to be a successful team, that number has to be combined 100 or better. So you are saying the power play is going to be even? Yes. Okay, but the PK? Better. Better. So, But when we say better, you're just saying better than 80%, like like 81. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the Sharks, the Sharks had a pretty good penalty kill while only having Matt Nieto as their designated penalty killer. Now they have Cogliano. Now they have Nick Benino. Who's to say they can't have an 88% power play? All right. And my dad's saying he's going to talk to me tomorrow. So talk to you tomorrow, Pops. Bye, Dad. Or or perhaps on uh, Sunday during football. Uh, finally, face-off percentage. 48%. I guarantee you Hurdle was a large part of it getting that high. Uh, yep. Tied for 24th in the league. Their win percentage when scoring first, a paltry 46%, 28th in the league. Those numbers going to go up. Faceoffs, I think, will go up just because of bringing in Nick Benino. And um, win percentage when scoring first, 46. God almighty, I hope it goes up. Fucking A. <laughs> uh, and then here's the best did you know ever on the planet. Uh, did you know that this season will be the first since 1997 that neither Marlowe or Thornton were a shark. That's 24 years. Now, I should also take into account, I'm saying that right now before somebody shits the bed and they call Marlowe in to make it 25. That's usually the point when jerks just shut your whore mouth. Shut up, AJ. (laughs) See, I didn't even have to say uh, anything. You did it for me. So the things to watch for me this coming season, it we talked about a little bit earlier. It's it's all about rebounding. And no, I'm not talking basketball. It's the big three on defense. And when I say big three, I mean the moneymakers. It's Meyer, it's LeBanc, it's Couture. Uh, it's Hurdle. Let's see how this team starts. Maybe he says, you know, I'm looking at the roadmap and it doesn't look very successful. Get me the fuck out. Or, you know, as they say on uh, Slapshot, trade me right fucking now. And then, of course, Kane, the room, whatever happens. Am I, I mean, are, are those the, the top three things for that are like top of mind for you? 
I would say the things to keep an eye out is... Horse eye, if you will. <laughs> hurdle for sure. Goaltending. Okay. And... For me, it's the it's those big three on D. Yeah, that's probably where I would go to. Just because, like, at this point, like, in, in terms of... And people tend to forget. In terms of name recognition and past performances, there's a... This is a decent roster. It's a matter of if those players can get back to where they should be. I would agree. Um, let's uh, let. Do, I, I'm thinking that we got maybe ten minutes left. <laughs> Thank <laughs> it was a God, fucking two hour show. <laughs> let's go. Uh, so let's do some quick hits here. Uh, Dom Luschison from the Athletic posted his results from the annual front office confidence poll. The Sharks fell at 31. Of 32 teams. Got the worst ratings on cap management and contract efficiency. The only team rated worse was Buffalo. And there were some people that commented and said, how were the Sharks not worse? Oh, I had forgot Buffalo was still in the a team. And, well, here's the and, thing. And, and, here's and Arizona, thing. a team that lost draft picks because of chicanery and doesn't have a home right now after this season, ranked higher. But go ahead, Jerk. Well, I think what you have to understand is like I would say a decent amount of the people who participated in this survey are like <laughs> criers. Criers, yeah. <laughs> like really like and this is the thing that I've said for pretty much since the sharks have been bad. Like if your only complaint with Doug Wilson is that like because here's the thing, after it's all said and done, the only thing Doug Wilson is guilty of is trying to build a competitive team. If that's why you're upset, you need to take a step back. 1-800-CRY-MORE. Call now. Seriously. Like, you know, <laughs> why don't you, you know, go on Twitter, bitch and complain about all of Doug Wilson's missteps all you want, and then why don't you go ask Santa what he's bringing you this year? Like, <laughs> well, that's, that's, just, that's what they created social media for, is to go bitch and complain. But what I'm saying is, like, the reason why I compare those two is because they're both from the world of make-believe. <laughs> you're right. Uh, like, yes, it's not working out. Okay. But, and I hate that I'm even saying this, but like flashback to four years out. ago, let it out, brother. Flash, flashback to four years ago. If the sharks let, uh, or I'm sorry, three years ago, if the sharks let Jones and Vlasic walk, people are pissed. Like, I would, I would it's, agree. it's what I always, you like, you even alluded to it earlier. You have to look at everything with the information you had at the time. And at the time, the Sharks were a good team and wanted to keep their good players. I have zero issue with that. All right. Uh, let's do some quick hits. And actually, the first one might be a little bit longer because I'm going to need you to vamp for a second. But this is the part that I fucking love. Uh, I spoke with Sharks president Jonathan Becker yesterday. He shared a lot of details about what to expect with the upcoming season, including the process for entering the building. Uh, all people entering the tank. It doesn't matter if it's Sharks, Cuda, Concert, uh, Monster Truck. doesn't matter. If you want to step a foot inside SAP Center, you have to be fully vaccinated. Okay. Uh, so for those of you on the insanely toxic Facebook shark stuff. Just stop already. The, stop making this shit political. 
stop getting I want my freedom. I'm fuck the sharks. I'm not going to games anymore because I'm cuz freedom. Look, I I don't give a flying fuck about your political bent. It comes down to the fact of there has for for jerk you you've been around for 20 some odd years in your sure. lifetime and I've been around for a few more in your lifetime in my lifetime and uh you might not believe this there have been a mountain of food operations retail operations that have signs posted that say we reserve the right to refuse service that's if they don't like the color of your fucking hair, it doesn't matter. It's a private business that has that. They they hold that right. There's a fucking sign like no shoes, no shirt, no service. Nobody had a problem that for for decades upon decades. All of a sudden they say no mask and everybody loses their fucking shit. So stop making this political. It comes down to the fact of SAP has a mandate, whether it's from the county or the city or what, I don't give a fuck. It comes down to you have to be double, or I'm sorry, not double, fully vaxxed in order to step foot in the arena. If you don't want to get vaxxed, then don't go. But I, I'm, I'm tired of seeing people uh, bitch about it. If you don't want the shot, then fine. Then don't go to hockey games. That is a choice that you were made. Freedom of choice. Isn't that great? Pro-choice. It's amazing how many people are suddenly pro-choice about things. But anyway, got into that with Jonathan Becker. We talked a little bit about uh, the promotions that are coming up, the changes in food and beverage. Uh, evidently, Pizza Factory got the Spanish Archer. No, I'm kidding. They didn't get fired, but they, you know, they rotate. So now it's going to be Blue Line. Uh, he gave us a little bit, and we're gonna, Jerk and I are going to get into this in a second. But he, he God damn, does that guy tease when it comes to jerseys. Uh, but you can check that full interview out on our YouTube channel. Uh, but there you go. That's that. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Do me a favor and vamp, and I'll I'll let you rail on people for like twenty seconds. <laughs> what are my thoughts on everything you said? Sure, why not? Okay. Well. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing: is like if you. If you prefer not to get vaccinated or you don't want to, like, like, that's your choice. And you're well within your right to make that choice. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to make fun of you. Um, at the end of the day, you know what? We're in a public health emergency. And it's like, you think I want to wear a mask? You think I want to not go places? I would love to be in normal land, but, like, everybody's got to play ball. And... That's it. Like AJ said, you know, the the private business that is the San Jose Sharks uh, have the right to set whatever guidelines they want. And if that's includes requiring a vaccine to protect against a public health emergency, then so be it. And you can either get vaccinated and go or you cannot vac get vaccinated and not go. And, and that's the end of it. There's no it's not a hill worth dying on on either side. Thank so, you. you know, whatever. And. I'm just, I'm tired of the back and forth on it where everybody's trying to, it's just like, look, if you want to get vaxxed, fine. If you don't want to, uh, do me a favor. Don't get anywhere fucking close to me. Uh, you know, do your own thing. Just stay the fuck away from me. That's all. Uh, yeah. 
I think I think that's all that needs to be said. I'm not, you know, it's like that's your choice. Make your choices. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with them. I'm just saying that this is what the building, the, the you know, the if you want to come into the building, this is what they require. If you don't want to satisfy those requirements, don't go. But well, don't but don't sit there and bitch. That you know, oh, I'm, fuck! I'm not using my season ticket. I want to return my season tickets or blah 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 blah. And it's fine. Then do it. Why do you have to sit here and get on Facebook and bitch about it? Just fucking do it. Somebody else will be there to buy them. Well, and you know what? Um, you can choose not to wear a seatbelt, but... but yeah, you can choose to look at the red light and go, "Nah, I want to go." <laughs> you know what I mean? And I will say, because I, I just only because I got a kick out of this, and then we're going to move on. There was somebody who posted on social media when it came down, when it came out that only fully vaxxed people would be allowed in. The, uh, this to me has to be one of the most. This person who said this, they might be the nicest guy outside of all of this, but it just seemed to be the most low I, I just don't even know what they were thinking but they said as a season ticket holder who do I contact about getting a full refund since I am not vaccinated um last time I looked uh season ticket holders have reps the fact that you don't know who to contact almost kind of says that maybe you're full of shit with this like you're just posting this to like you know stir people up exactly uh they continue on. When I became a season ticket holder four years ago, I never agreed to this when I bought tickets. Yeah, I didn't agree to the va- or to, uh, to to COVID either. I I didn't agree to something four years ago that didn't exist for another year and a half, two years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just that just made zero sense to me. Uh, it's like, like, how could you agree to something four years ago if it didn't fucking exist? <laughs> uh, and then the best, I have no issues with getting a negative COVID test and wearing a mask. I heard Sharks president Becker said they're only letting fans into that are vaccinated. That is not right thing or there are going to be many problems over this name one. That's all I ask. Name one. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Joe Thornton signed with the Florida Panthers. We'll all pause so you can uh, make your old person joke about retiring in Florida. That's fine. Hello, Yarmy Yager. My question to you is, will Joe Thornton be a Florida Panther after the trade deadline? Yes. You think things are going to go well for uh, the Panthers this year? I think so. All right. Uh, the official NHL Twitter account asked uh, a couple months ago what the all-time greatest NHL logo is. And the official Sharks Twitter responded with their original logo. Why would you respond with that logo if there wasn't a plan to return to it at some point? Which we will get into in a hot minute. I'm just saying. Imagine having the jersey that the Hockey News called the greatest of all time and only wearing it every five years for an anniversary. I don't know. Uh, Dalton Johnson from NBCSN Bay Area. You might be the nicest guy on the planet. Stop writing articles, please. I beg of you. Do hits on the show do do stop writing articles okay he he did an article about hurdle in the headline referred to tomash as the captain the tweet got so much blowback they deleted it tried again and then the very next day dalton posted yet another article about the sharks and their pursuit of phil kessel during the draft 
In that article, they referred to Hurdle as the captain yet again. Now, if you look at Dalton's Twitter, it's clear he's a baseball guy and he's passionate about the Giants, and I get that. But seven days later, after all of those, he wrote an article about the Giants saying 10 games remaining, yet the schedule showed 12. Again, I don't know the guy personally. He might be the nicest one on the planet. Uh, You are not cut out for writing articles. You don't have the time to research it. If there's no copy editors over there, fuck, I will do it, okay? Just toss me some swag, occasional tickets to games. Again, Dalton, you're one of many. You might be the nicest people over there. Stop writing articles, I beg of you, or at least do five seconds of a Google search. That's all I ask. Stop misinforming people. It's, It's between Facebook and Twitter. There's just so much misinformation out there. It's insane. Stop being a part of the problem. Uh, NHL released their TV schedule for ESPN Plus and Hulu exclusive games, along with TNT and ABC. And to no one's surprise, the Sharks were not featured on the ABC or TNT schedule. As Hockey Jerk will tell you, Green Jacket, Gold Jacket, who gives a shit? Uh, Accurate. (laughs) Sharks are featured on the exclusive package seven times. Will those games be available locally on NBCSN? Who gives a shit? We fly a pirate flag over here. Uh, But seems to be a weird move, jerk, that, oh, we want more eyes on the NHL, but we're going to charge them for it. Well, in a way, way they are getting more eyes because normally NHL TV is something like 100-something bucks for the whole deal. Fucking Um, yikes. But if you if you if you get what's called the Disney bundle, which is Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN oh, Plus for four, for fourteen dollars a month, sounds like you, a Mickey Mouse organization. But go ahead. Anyway, um, if you get the Disney bundle, which, like I said, Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus um, for fourteen bucks a month, you get the NHL package included. And so, if you want right to do now. the math, if you want to do the math after it's all said and done. You know, the NHL season, regular season, is um, four, five, six, is like six months. So if you look at it strictly just for the NHL package, you're only paying 84 bucks a month if you really think about it. Hey, now. So if you don't, and again, <laughs> no free ads, but like if you haven't already, I seriously recommend getting the Disney bundle. Nice. And don't you also get the Mandalorian with that? Yeah, dude, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and the NHL package for 14 bucks a month. I mean, that's a pretty square deal. I, I'd pay 14 for The Mandalorian. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the Sharks have, for those of you who don't know, the Sharks updated their promotions page finally, but uh, not a lot forthcoming. You don't, you're not seeing any photos of anything. Uh, but so far, they have announced that opening night, there will be a welcome back pack. That doesn't mean it's going to be a backpack. It's just a welcome back package, if you will. Uh, it sounds like the hurdle bobblehead that everyone was supposed to get for fan appreciation night back in April of 2020. It sounds like that's going to be a part of it. They also announced six jerseys on the docket. Uh, it includes the annual Los Tiburones and Hockey Fights Cancer designs. Others announced were Black History Month, a San Jose Sharky one that it looks like it's going to be on his birthday. I can't wait to see that one. And for the first time ever, a fan appreciation jersey. Uh that could be interesting. I'd like to see one for the frontline workers. I think that would be nice to see them put something together that the uh, guys skate out to and, and they auction those off. I think that is definitely a worthwhile cause. 
last time we spoke with Jonathan Becker, and when I say last time, I don't mean yesterday, but a few months earlier, said the Sharks would have at least one alternate jersey. We're considering one more alternate. Um, when I talked to him yesterday, he kind of hinted that last year, or the 30th season, there was supposed to be a white heritage, but COVID put the fucking brakes on that. Will we see something like that happen in the next year or so? I don't know. Could be interesting. But take note of the jerseys that are being worn in the photos that came out from Media Day a couple days ago. You will notice a lot more detail, which I think, I mean, Jerk, tell me I'm wrong. If you look at it, first off, there's some like embroidery going on in the patches on the shoulders, which are a little bit bigger than they used to be. Uh, but you you see some embroidery now when before it was just printed twill. But the big thing is the crest on the front. There's like extra stitching. And, and this is across all teams that everything is getting kind of like this three-dimensional thing. And while it's a nice update and, you know, okay, well, it's prime green, so we had to do different. I kind of look at it as, well, here's one more thing that China can't copy. I mean that that that's certainly possible. I think having kind of that that three dimensional logo like you're talking like you're talking about, and the if the shoulder patches are individually stitched like they were back on Reebok and CCM mm-hmm. and Coho and every other jersey ever made, um, yeah, it certainly will add extra factors to help you tell the difference between what's real and what's uh, counterfeit. Obviously, um, I don't know. I think especially now with like not only just like high definition television in general, but also like what can be done with high definition television, talking about different edits, cuts and effects and that kind of stuff. Who's to say whether or not these new, like kind of 3d logos don't come into play in a different way. Oh, like bumpers and going in. uh, Yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, Look for more infos about jerseys to be released by Adidas at the beginning of next week. Because, again, everybody wants to make an announcement that they're making an announcement. They love doing the slow leak and the manufacturing, the hype. They did it. We all remember what happened with Reverse Retro and how that took like a week and a half for them to finally just put it out. Like, Jesus, just fucking whip it out. One deal. One time. Let's go. Uh, The weekend of August 21st and 22nd, just a little over a month ago, the city of San Jose officially renamed Autumn Street, which for those of you who are outside of the area, SAP Center sits on the corner of Santa Clara and Autumn Street, or at least it did. It was officially renamed to Obama Boulevard. And because of the world we live in now, a bunch of people logged onto social media to whine and bitch about it. Uh, Yet, if you would listen to our Pucknologist episode December 6th of 2020, nearly a year ago, We told you that was going to happen, so I don't understand why you all are so shocked and clutching your pearls, Uh, but if you are, then you probably shouldn't visit Willow Glen because there are streets named after Lincoln, Hamilton, Coolidge, Garfield, whatever. Uh, So to quote Jerk yet again, stop crying. Uh, Let's see here. Every game this preseason, and I think this is something that Ian and Jerk are going to have fun weighing in on, Every game this preseason will have the potential to include a shootout, but only those tied after overtime will be officially scored as such, and teams can choose whether or not to participate in this little experiment. How would you not? 
Yeah, it's basically similar to like pros- the prospect scrimmage in the past where even after it's all said and done, if there's a clear winner, they'll do a shootout for the fans. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something interesting. Like, you know, I think it's cool, like in terms of like just fan engagement. You know what I mean? No, love so, it. It's it's. I'm down know, for that. Yeah, it's totally something to root for. Because there's no tying in hockey. <laughs> just just let it go. Let's have some fun. Let's see. Maybe you see some. You know, look, the, the preseason games they mean nothing in terms of you know where you're going to finish in the playoffs. So maybe we see some interesting guys take some interesting chances. You know, try to pull some some weird rabbit out of their hat. Maybe that's, you know, we all remember Ryan Donato didn't score a lot of goals at, you know, during the 60 minutes, but man, that guy was a shootout specialist. Am I right? Good point. Right. So yeah, maybe some guy breaks out who's, who's not at the upper part of the cut list, but all of a sudden, holy shit, this kid can, you know. This guy can dangle when it comes to the little when, it, when he doesn't have a defender around him. He's amazing. <laughs> uh, Jamie Baker, former shark broadcaster, former shark player, has joined TSN twelve hundred in Ottawa, or I'm sorry, Ottawa, to talk about the Senators. So you can go find him over there. He has yet to return to social media, and if he hasn't by now, I doubt that he probably will. But if you enjoyed Jamie's talk. Uh, well, look, he can talk about Tim Stutzler and Josh Norris and all the guys over there in Ottawa. Uh, here's another one that Jerk and I had a good time with. In August last month, Sportico broke the news that the NHL will add advertising to the NHL jerseys beginning next season. Uh, you'll remember that when the helmet ads, uh, that when that was released and the, oh, it's, that's only going to be for one season because of COVID. We all knew that was bullshit. They're going to continue on. Uh, even though in 2015, Bettman was quoted as saying, you'll have to drag me kicking and screaming to permit logos, advertisements, whatever, on jerseys. Yet here we are. And in fact, the last episode of the Pucknologist, even Hockey Jerk said, no, I don't think we're getting them. Here we are. And here's the thing. Look, do, have you seen the Washington Capitals one, Jerk? Yes. That doesn't look like a patch, my friend. That looks like it's that that is all stitched directly into the jersey. That's fine. Well, it makes it harder to remove if you want. I'm just saying. Gold jacket, green jacket. Yeah. I mean, some people have said, what's the big deal? It's, you know, it's something tiny you won't even notice. But then it begs to ask the question, well, if you're not going to notice it, why are these companies spending money on advertising? I don't know. It's a, it's a fun, uh, you know, diabolical plan to, to, to mull over. Uh, here's the thing. I think Jerk and I can both have a sad for a second. Jim Houston has retired after 40 years. What, was there a guy nationally that you liked more? Uh, no. Yeah, me neither. But you know what? Uh, even though he is retiring and it sucks, it opens the door for um, Chris for Chris Cuthbert to be the number one guy at Sportsnet, and he's somebody that I like as much as Jim Houston. So, in a weird way, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I don't like him as much as Jim, but I think he's a. Uh, let me. Can I say one B? Sure. Right. 
Um, couple more quick hits and we can get the fuck out of here. Uh, here's something that I'll just bake you noodle for a hot second. If somebody can figure this out in the comments, let me know. Uh, on June 4th, former Shark Kyle McLaren took the head coaching gig at San Jose State. And for whatever reason, like six and a half, seven weeks later, through email, he stepped down without ever coaching a game. Okay. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame. Let's get some key dates. Hockey Hall of Fame will induct the class of 2020, which includes Sharks GM Doug Wilson, uh, but he's going in as a Blackhawk player. Uh, that will happen on November 15th. It clearly got bumped out a year or so because of the Rona. Uh, 2022 Winter Classic between the Wild and Blues will happen on New Year's Day at Target Field, home of the Minnesota Twins. And, Jerk, are these the ugliest jerseys you've ever seen so far for a Winter Classic? Yes. Yes, they are. I would agree. <laughs> Dude, that Minneapolis. Oof. Oof. Uh, as predicted by Hockey Jerk, Las Vegas will host the 2022 NHL All-Star Festivities. Uh, are you sneaking into this? Uh, I'm certainly going to try. <laughs> uh, give it the horse eye, if you will. Uh, Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans, will host the Stadium Series game between the Lightning and Predators on February 26th. And it was announced uh, about a week or so ago, the Heritage Classic Outdoor Game will be played on March 13th at Tim Hortons Field, featuring the Leafs and Sabres. Is this the first heritage game to feature a u.s team yes i wonder what brought that about i mean i know i know buffalo's pretty goddamn close to the border but anyway may i don't know uh finally let's wrap this up with uh, a few people have actually come to us over the off season to ask hey you guys should do a daily cast or whatever uh, I get wanting to hear something on a daily basis on your way to work, or your way home from work, and maybe we'll consider something down the line. But if we do, we're still going to take an off-season hiatus. Uh, not a lot happens for weeks at a time. I literally had to twist Jerk's arm to come on tonight. Uh, I'm not going to manufacture hyperbole and do the same five players you need to watch for. You won't believe number three. I'm not going to do that. It's been beaten to deaths, and, and that's not a slam on anybody else. But I'm not going to manufacture shit just so I have something to talk about the next day. Uh, that said, Dom Lecision has fucking fashioned a great career out of that. It's just not for me. So with that, uh, the Tweet of the Week will return when we're back on our normal Sunday time slot. But rest assured, Fanatics does indeed still suck. Uh, you can follow him, Hockey Jerk, at Hockey underscore Jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. If you ever have questions or topics you'd like to hear us discuss, you can send them to us at Teal Town USA on the Twitter. Don't forget that Hockey Jerk will at some point be taking advantage of the new opportunities that Twitter has provided. There will be a Hockey underscore Jerk VIP Twitter that you will have to pay for to get the very best of Hockey Jerk. <laughs> Let's hope. I <laughs> uh, know. Uh, and don't forget to join us on our Discord channel where the chat never stops. Uh, if you want to know where that is, again, slide into Hockey Jerk. And for a small fee, he will let you give the uh, he will give you the URL. Uh, I'm kidding. Check the show notes for the link. Uh, famous last words. And I'm going to put this out right now. We will see you all a month from now, October 24th. I know that the Sharks open their season on the 16th. But that's just one game. That's not enough for us 
as the puck knowledge is to talk about. And let's be honest, uh, I'm not going to be in town. So <laughs> our next show for the Pucknologists will be October 24th. But keep an eye out on Teal Town. We'll got Teal Town Live for any breaking news that happens. Who knows? It's been a tumultuous offseason. I'm sure something about Evander Kane will happen between now and the opening night. Uh, so perhaps we'll talk about that after dark, following every single Sharks game. And you, Ian, and Lacey talking teal tinted glasses. You said the next one could come when? Uh, if we have all of our ducks in a row, it'll be um, it'll be Thursday, September thirtieth. If we have all our ducks in a row. Nice. So, uh, famous last words from you, good sir. Famous last words. So the Sharks' second preseason game um, is next Tuesday. This. No, their second preseason game is this Sunday, September 26th. Oh, well, split squad. doesn't matter. It's technically, two games. yeah, but I was going to say technically their second because Anaheim's at five and Vancouver, uh, Vegas is at seven, but go ahead. So the Sharks' second preseason game this year is on September 26th at 7 p.m. against the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and I will be there, bitches. It's my... <laughs> It's my first NHL game since February of 2020, so very exciting for that. Um, I'm are, not are, excited. Are you taking your lady? Um, perchance. perchance. Uh, I'm not excited about the fact that the Golden Knights aren't requiring vaccines because it means I have to wear my mask to the game. Now, make no mistake. I support mask wearing. I think it's the right thing to do. But I think the people who've played ball the last 18 months deserve right. yeah. a moment in time where they can let loose. You're right. Could not agree with you more. And Ian, our buddy, saying TTG rolls next Thursday. Like it. Love it. Uh, let's see here. So, famous lads words for me. Uh, just get rid of the drama, mama. Like, do what uh, I, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Evander, please just figure it out. But get, stop playing hockey. <laughs> At least for the San Jose Sharks. I just... Like, I enjoyed your time here, but you just, the dark cloud is too much to bear. We need to move on. Am I, am I wrong in this? Nope. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's time to go. Hey, check out our latest with Sharks president, Jonathan Becker. I mentioned it earlier. He answered a whole bunch of questions regarding what is going to happen with this upcoming season, uh, including the requirements of getting into the building, new food and Bev options, the new bag policy, a lot more, including, uh, even, can we expect a fourth jersey this season? Could be interesting. Remains to be seen. But aside from that, we gots to go. In case you missed it, you can catch Teal Town USA everywhere, but it always starts at tealtownusa.com. If you ever miss a show and would like to hear it again, you can find our content on your favorite podcast app, always on our YouTube channel, and always at Teal Town USA. Do us a favor while you're here. Please remember, Subscribe to the channel. It really helps us out. Gives us a thumbs up. We would love that, especially on your podcast app. Subscribe there as well. Uh, again, if you love the show, if, if you hate the show, but hate watch it, either way, to support us, we would really appreciate it. If you would like to do any type of a donation, we prefer Venmo at Teal Town USA. Beautiful. Love it. So, uh, again, we will be back for you on October 24th, one month from tonight. So hit the subscribe button, check out After Dark, following every single game, 
And that's it. We will catch you next time for show, God, 137. Did you ever realize, did you ever think we would get this far? Nope. I thought we would get further. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I see. I thought you were going to go with the whole thing of, no, nah, they should have canceled us years ago. <laughs> so with that enjoy the rest of your friday evening everybody catch you in the discord good night